You're listening to The C-Dub Show. Visit us on the Say Something Nice podcast network at ssnpodcast.com. Follow us at The C-Dub Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Acast. And now, on to our show. Recording this live on July the fifteenth. <laughs> I did. I looked at my phone. We are recording this live on July the fifteenth. However, you are listening to this on a special day. You are listening to this on our anniversary. Woo! Now there is an issue with our anniversary date, and I need to tell y'all why. Okay, so. And it goes back to the history of the C-Dub show. So I asked Courtney and Willis and a couple of... I think I asked, like, what? Wasn't there, like, supposed to be, like, six people originally on the show? I don't know. To record this show. And so we recorded the show. It was only me, Willis, and Courtney. I don't remember what day that was, though. It was in, so, it was in August. It was, okay. You just look through and so the then the way that I figured out the date was that I went on. I knew whatever day we actually put it up was the day that I created the C-Dub show Twitter. And Twitter told me that the anniversary is September the 3rd. 
Okay. So this episode will go up on September the 3rd, except for I think that might be a holiday, so it might go up on the 2nd. But yay! Happy anniversary to us, y'all. <laughs> so we, we do have a mini, a mini live audience. We have my cousins, Annette, and my cousin, Ian, and we got some late folks coming if they make it. So we are going to jump into the episode. First, we do have Willis. Hello, B. Willis. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are so you? Are you California resident? No. Wait, what? Never mind. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. So we are actually live in El Cerrito again. We are live. <laughs> we are live at the mansion in El Cerrito. Live we, at we, the creepy ass mansion in El Cerrito. <laughs> we put the we put the cat out. The, get, the get out manor. This the is get not out manor. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I don't like that my cousins are agreeing with this, but that's fine. <laughs> so wait, Willis, are you considering becoming a, a California resident? Um, no, because the cost of living is too damn high. So when y'all have houses that aren't two bedrooms with eight hundred thousand dollars for eight hundred thousand dollars, but look at this view. I will not come. This no. is worth the poverty, Brittany. Look at this. This is beautiful. This is, is worth being creeped out by. First of all, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> okay, and we also have Courtney, Sands, Caleb. Hello, Courtney. How hey, are you? Hey, y'all. How are you doing this weekend? Kicking it, exhausted. Oh, well, we're going to get into why you're exhausted into just <laughs> a little bit. All oh, right. You want to talk about y'all political? Um, we're going to talk about how we didn't get our picture of Maxine Waters shit? last night the because she ran And how these hoes had me at all these political events and I don't even like politics like that. But you enjoyed yourself. You were smiling. I enjoyed y'all, and I enjoyed laughing at folks. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just I looked up, and she was like, "I'm like, what? We sitting in the third row?" I kept telling Courtney to go sit up on the front where she should sit. We ain't gonna tell you why. I was like, Courtney, ain't you supposed to be sitting up on the panel? I was like, no, no. And then when they said, "Where is the chair?" She said, I'm right here. I said, "You should have been there." Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. So what have we been up to? So we have not had an episode since. The princess got married, which was about oh, a month yes. ago. Actually, oh, over a month God. ago. We mm-hmm. took a whole Pride Month hiatus. So I can tell you what Hose. I was into, which was all oh. the Pride Month shenanigans. All the whole stuff. It wasn't all whole stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to host Richmond Pride, which was great and awesome. You got the opportunity to host Richmond Pride. What'd you say? I didn't. I said I hosted Richmond Pride. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I hosted Richmond Pride, and then I hosted San Mateo Pride, which was nice. It was all fancy. They sent a car for me and sent me to San Mateo. It was real fancy. I felt real Where's special. Where's San Mateo in, re- in relation to Richmond? Where's Who are you? It's on the other side of the peninsula. Yeah. It's on the peninsula. Yeah. It's like closer to San Francisco, so right? Like, oh, okay, gotcha. So there's like Oakland and there's the body of water and yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco is on the right. lower part. Yeah, thank you. Because he took me right across from San Francisco. I didn't know for a second. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hosted San Mateo Pride and they treated me all fancy and excited. And then we had the San Francisco Pride where I was honored with the creative, what was it? The Heritage of Pride Creativity Honoree. And I got to ride in the parade. I was looking at my arm. I, you know, I've been going to the gym and when I was waving at the people with my princess wave, and I was looking at how my arm was looking. Look, Callum feeling herself. Come on, bye. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so that's what I was doing. And then, what happened to you, Courtney? What happened to you in the last month? Mm. Sipping my vodka. Let me um, scoot up to the mic. So let me tell. Well, scoot over. <laughs> and to run my snack time. You see, Willis was ready she to gonna, talk. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so through a series of resignations, I became chair of the California Young Democrats Black Caucus. Woo! I was officially elected yesterday. Woo! So thank you. Um, and also, I uh, was appointed to the City of Oakland uh, Community Policing Advisory Board. Did you, oh, you did tell me that. Good. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> what 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 you say? I said y'all are doing the most. We big doing we things. big doing big things. My, my whole thing is like there is like pillars of the community. It's like education, housing, health, transportation, and public safety. And so you should yeah. try to be involved. Whatever is your passion in each of those pillars, you should try to be involved in it. There and is a commission that serves any one of your ideas and any one of your purposes, and everybody should try and serve on a commission. That's what I always say. Mm -hmm. Willis, what have you been doing for the last month? Well, it's been wonderful. Um, unlike <laughs> these ambitious hoes, I haven't been wow. doing shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been trolling us on Facebook. Somebody <laughs> finally said, Willis, you need to go do a so, lesson plan. <laughs> like Carolyn, I'm a teacher. And our last, our last day was the 15th. And since then, I have been on serious chill mode because this is my first summer off. Paid. I want to get there. Every other you are one day. So oh, so you still getting money? Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this is my first, because every other summer as a teacher, well, every other summer, if I wasn't teaching, I was working some, another job. Mm -hmm. um, or if I was teaching, I was I either voluntarily did summer school or I was at a school that I had to, mand I, summer school was mandatory. So when I was like, in August, when I was like, oh, this is my first opportunity, to be paid and not working, uh, I'm gonna take that. So, I have been chilling. I have been writing. That's what I have, I been have you been writing? Visiting these girls in Oakland for the second time in three months. So this is why I, I was, keep suggesting that I'm gonna move here, but it ain't happening. You can move so, here. Once you get your once you get your rotation together, they'll fly you out. Yeah. So you can just that's be what you, that's what out supposed to be working on. I'm from and I live in Baltimore. So, yeah. Well, um, I think that at the last live episode, I took the time to appreciate the cast who gets on my nerves and they treat me like, they treat me really bad. No, especially wow. In, <laughs> in, in, especially in front of my family and friends. Oh, my God. But, you know, I, I come from the church house. This is like the, this is like the church anniversary. So, we have to tell, this, we have to tell. In my church, whenever, whenever you had a church anniversary, you have to give the history of the church. So, the history of this church is... Once upon a time, I was dating a crazy woman. We decided we was going to start a podcast, but then I got rid of the crazy woman, but and I still want to be on a podcast. So I joined the Shut Up, the Say Something Nice podcast, and I kept saying, I'm going to do a podcast, and Brandon kept saying, well, did you start your podcast yet? And I'm like, uh, no. And then I asked Brandon, would he produce my podcast? And he said, uh, no. He said, but I'll show you how to produce your podcast. And that's what we did. And then I met through a series of... Odd events. I met these two. Odd. Yeah, it was just random. Like I just randomly met y'all. I didn't. For, at first, I didn't even know you lived in Oakland. Like I thought you lived like far away, like Willis. And then I saw a picture of, like you and Cheney or something, and I was like, oh shit, she lives in Oakland too. I had no idea. 
So I appreciate y'all. <laughs> we miss Caleb, but we know that ever since Caleb's grandmama and grandfather moved to town, we ain't seen much of him. That moved back. He's still the manager, though. He's still running shit. He's still, he's listening probably right yeah, now. Yeah. He's yeah. actually taking a nap. I just got a text. He's saying Caleb yeah. ain't worried about us. Caleb is her, is her son. Your cousin um, is looking like, who was that? Um, Caleb is my son. He's three. <laughs> and he, um, he tried to run shit. He... If He's the Ike Turner to our team. Episodes, you hear him in the background <laughs> making suggestions about what we should talk about, <laughs> not saying hello to the audience, mm-hmm. but then when I get on a uh, go on a tangent and he say a screaming. bad word, he'll be like, "No bad words," mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Fuck that!" And he'll be like, "No bad words." Like, okay. <laughs> well, Caleb said I can't cuss, so. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite episode was the one where we finished a two-hour episode, and then Courtney was like, um, "I just turned around, and Caleb went in his drawer and pulled out his Halloween costume and put it on backwards." That was pretty much peak <laughs> Caleb. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's jump into the rundown. So, since we are already talking about the California Democratic Party, and we just saw this esteemed young lady last night. Some of the things that have happened since our last show. So since our last show, there was a series of events where members of the Deplorable 45's cabinet were, they call it harassed. I call it justly treated when they were booed out of restaurants and other such yeah. things. Can you imagine that shit? Like, trying to go to Burger King. And, and they're like, like boo. boo. Oh. We don't want to no. give you a whopper. Okay, so since then, and I cannot find the, you know, I usually have the articles pulled up, but, you know, whatever. So after that, um, Representative Maxine Waters actually said that we as a people should do more and resisting and pushing back. And when we see members of 45 candidates, our cabinet, we should tell them that we are not here for their shit. <laughs> and we should boo them. And there has been a lot, of course, a lot of resistance because the white people was big mad. Mm-hmm. Some of the reactions have been the Democ- most of the, the elder Democrats throwing her under the bus, and, right, including uh, some folks' favorite, Bernie Ryan, Sanders, who said Ryan, that she Ryan, was not Ryan, resisting Ryan. A pro- properly. And oh, he said that shit? Yes. Yeah. He said that, um, what's her name? Akasha, that we just won in New York. Uh, Alexandra Ocasio. Ocasio, yeah. That she was yeah. resisting mm-hmm. properly. That Maxine Waters was not resisting the right way. That we should not. Now, we who should, said this Bernie, Bernie Sanders, Sanders said this. See, I'm trying to mm-hmm. people telling us how we should be able to protest, how we should be able to exactly. go about, about dealing with But oppression. she didn't say, like, be be violent. She no, said, she come said, up to them and let them know no. what they're doing isn't okay. Yeah. And they have a photograph of a woman um, comes up to, is it Mitch McConnell? That doesn't sound that right. That happened the other day, yes. A Somebody came up to Mitch McConnell, yes. told him that it's like, yeah. you mm-hmm. are devastating families. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is inappropriate separating families at the border. Mm-hmm. Like, speaking to him like a regular person. Right. Like, Sarah Sanders getting kicked out of a restaurant is the is least, the least of, of the, issues. And it's the least of any other person's issues compared to what they have done to other people. Exactly. Like, you, you, oh, you can't like get your burger. Like, coming up and telling oh. you that, like, what you're doing is shitty. Yeah, yeah okay. Right. What you're doing is shitty. Is. So like, stand by your shitty right. ass actions. And and, right. and I would like to, I would like to I'm also good. throw out that Maxine Waters had the most black woman, black person response. If you shoot at me, you better shoot straight. Oh, I thought it, that was it, it, that. That is the the most old black person. Oh, because I forgot, <laughs> I, I left the part of the story out. You had also the vitriol white folks who said that they should shoot her and kill her and all this other kind of stuff. And she said, if you shoot me, you better shoot straight. 
So what were you? I know we already got Courtney's response to what was going on with Auntie Max. What was your response, be Willis? I'm mad at her right now. Now you know you I don't follow else. too much of these politics. Um, no, I thought uh, Maxine Waters was that response right there was great, and white people going white. Like I, I wasn't. I really wasn't surprised that they did all that BS. Like, what about the man in Rancho Cucamonga, wherever he was, the deputy district attorney that said that he couldn't believe. That this what was what did he call her a cunt? San Bernardino, yeah. What do you call her? A cunt from the ghetto has not been shot yet. Always, yeah. This is my favorite thing about white people. Anytime a black person does something that they don't like, they always want to bring up the ghetto, the ghetto, the ghetto, ghetto, and look at those thugs and those hood rats. And I'm like, she didn't say shit wrong. First of all, like, if that's being a hood rat, I'm a hood rat, too, because right. Maxine is a little bit more reserved. But I know what she probably she wants to say. She Inglewood. That's the kind of shit we say in, in, in Richmond, Oakland. Yeah. Get in their face. We do but not I mean, need to like, get in their face. Mean, if, if Maxine Waters was 30 years old, she be she would have said, nigga, what's up? Like, yeah. you trying yeah, to, like, what's right. good? Mm-hmm. What's good? So, right. I, I don't, but it's like, uh, white people always bringing up the ghetto. And it's funny because it's yeah. like, you live in a manufactured home that doesn't have active running water. Talking about somebody lives in the ghetto. Right. Meanwhile, their children are copying yeah. the, the, the Blue Ivy meme where she's talking about the ghetto. And they are basically, I kind of, what is the word I want to say? They are basically fetishizing the ghetto. So they, they're they using the ghetto. The Blue as, Ivy meme. Have you ever seen the, there's a Blue Ivy meme. There was a picture of her that was. Yeah, and she okay. said, ooh, child, the ghetto. So now that's the new thing that the oh, little white girls are doing. Yeah, that's a new thing oh, that no, they, they are. The, and that's yeah. why I said you can't say, woo, child, the ghetto if you gentrifying it right that's exactly. not your that's not your so the all the, the older ones are using it as but a shout out to nene and Leaks. the young one what does nene Leaks do that's where it comes from nene was on uh, oh, yeah, of atlanta yeah, yeah. and she was on the phone with somebody and it was talking about some mess come out of nene's mouth that's it actually well it's it's hilarious looking at it with the blue ivy meme so what do you think about this idea? And it will never happen, especially um, based on her speech last night. But Maxine Waters for president in twenty twenty? No, no. All right, that's all we need to hear about that. Then. <laughs> really ready. I no. mean, not even like we're not ready. Just also, I don't want her to die. I like, don't I, want her to die. <laughs> I don't want her. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, that's what we said when when they when there were the threats on her life that the fruits of Islam need to come in and somebody yeah. like well the bloods and the crypts need to, well, they've done that before too. They have actually met the engineered a truce to protect. I can't remember who it was, but the bloods and the crypts engineered a truce one time to protect somebody. I can't remember who it was. That happened a long. But they time had ago. they had an elevated uh presence. At the African American Caucus meeting last night. Oh, did they? Yeah, because she was there. For the fruit of Islam. The fruit of Islam. Or, uh, no, just security. security. Oh yeah, they, they did. They weren't gonna have people bothering her. And, right. Yeah. You know, we have. You know, even though the Bay Area is supposed to be just this pot of liberalism, and but we know we get a lot of. Uh, but hate. they're racist, mm-hmm. so like it's like they're you're progressive for white rights, but you're right. not progressive as far as like liberation for all people, all people. especially people who have been historically disenfranchised so that's like you know white folks you can't they they'll they'll find a way they will (laughs) all right well let's from one lady that we love to another and we didn't do a meme check-in so let's get a meme check-in of our there was a a a meme in the memosphere and maybe you guys can explain it better because it Clearly, by my response to Courtney's message, I didn't get it for a long time. But apparently, Cardi B named her daughter Culture. I don't know how that. I don't know how that turned into people turning a baby picture of her 
into a meme. Well, that baby picture's been floating around for a long time. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Now, people just brought it back in response to the baby. Yes. Okay. So, what was your f- favorite Cardi B five-year-old smart-ass mouth meme? My favorite one was actually them announcing Culture's name. It's like, my name is Culture with a K. Because it's with a K. It's not with a C. Cause, oh, no, but there was another one that said, my, my mama said, my name is Culture with a K because she a blood. <laughs> that when I first saw it, that's oh, what I yes. thought. I was like, okay, so Car- you know, because ain't Cardi a blood? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah. that's some real shit though, because my co- maybe I shouldn't put her business out like that. Well, you ain't no, saying your who? Cousin, your my cousin, cousin is a is a crip, and she will not use. Will not. She will not put bees in anything. Like it's real. Maybe like it's oh it's boo oh okay. Yeah. Okay. My favorite, and I'm not Greek, but I know that my cousins are Greek, so they would appreciate this one. It said, my mama said, I got to pledge whatever she pledged, or is she not going to pay for it? Oh! I said, that's going to be my cousin. That's going to be my cousin when her kids get grown. What was your favorite, B. Willis? I don't know. I think all of them. I guess the one that I kept seeing was my mama said, um... Not to let you kiss me because your mouth be on a bunch of weezies or yeah. something like that. Oh, <laughs> you seen that? My mama said you a. My mama said you a girl, but I think you a boy. Is you a boy? <laughs> yeah, those are the yeah oh, the, the, the real one, homophobic ones are fun. The ones <laughs> with <laughs> shut up. Oh wait, wait. The what? There was the other one. You didn't see the other one. Mm. I was like, uh, it was like my mama says you only gay because you can't get a man. I saw that one. Mm. That sounded like I was made by a pick me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My other one was, my mama said, or it was, it was they had to throw in like the dad ones because it was like my daddy says you ain't, I ain't gotta listen to you because you, you ain't, ain't my, my mama's husband, yeah. yeah, you were just our boyfriend. Yeah. And then there was the one where they said, uh, if you take your your five year old or take your four year old to the restaurant and they say kids eat free, I ain't three, I'm four. Like you a <laughs> yeah. um, and but kids it, will bust you out. Yeah, you don't negotiate. And then they pulled out. I guess there was a follow up picture of her smiling. So then they pulled out the one where it said, uh, where your mama say, you got one more time for you. You better fix your face or I'm going to fix it for you. And then they put the one of her smiling next to it. <laughs> well, I seen the one where some dude was sitting in the car and he put like, you know how people Photoshop pictures and he put, he put the picture of Cardi next to the car and said, mama say, you got to take me or you can't go. <laughs> <laughs> I my mama mind. said, you got to play with me. I'm like, yeah, I, I started getting traumatized because yeah, I knew yeah, smart like, kids bad. like that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm traumatized. Are you the, you the oldest? Right? No. I am. Of this podcast? No. Oh, in my family? Yes, wow. Yeah. You like Come really on. on this shit that you turning 40. We I know. am. Shut we up. Know. You mean, <laughs> am I the oldest of my cousins? Of my siblings? Yes. So you understand because I'm the oldest too. And like, Probably. I, separate. I was. I was mama said you got to Girl, and see, I'm the youngest, so I howl. So you did because that I already. Uh-huh. But which one was the one you talking about? Huh? Which one? Which you, you say you started getting? Come on, let's keep up. Oh no! See, the thing is, is, she drunk? is she drunk? <laughs> I am drunk. I told y'all before. Keep I got here, I was drinking vodka. Grandma, we're talking about the meme saying, with Cardi. I'm saying but, that since you were the oldest, but you probably cousin got that will tell you we grew up with so many different cousins. It was it was always a whole bunch, but I was always the oldest, really. Mostly, most of the time, I was the oldest. All right, so let's go on. Something else happened that is only traumatizing to me because nobody else care. But two days after the anniversary of Michael Jackson dying, mm-hmm. his daddy died. 
Yeah. And it, it hurt my feelings. I know, I know. We got <laughs> conflicting feelings about Joe Jackson, but it's a couple Ooh, things. We have conflicting feelings. I don't like conflicting feelings. That nigga outlived. I will say that like, the Joe's following was hilarious. The one that's way when like it had the, the, the one that had the picture of sure. Michael when he was dancing and said, "You uh, living your life happily for nine <laughs> years, <laughs> and then your daddy <laughs> coming to heaven." <laughs> But my whole question was like, why is everyone convinced he went to heaven? Like Joe then, was a little. Then there is that. Well, one Joe also might, his eyebrows was also set up like he was the devil. So, so <laughs> one one thing that people don't know about this show is I get real bad anxiety before we record this show. Like I have to lay oh, down and Lord. take a nap. And whenever I get real down, it's hard for me to record the show. I hear this scene from the Jackson movie with Joe Jackson and Michael Jackson. Oh God, y'all can't hear it. I'm sorry. I turn it up. It's going to be slapping. I'm like, you Michael Jackson. Are we all going to stay together and watch Claws? So, yeah. Anytime that I get real down and it's hard to record the show, I got to slap myself. Like, remember, you see Dub, you can record the show. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Whatever. Rest in peace, Joe Jackson. Nobody to... else cared that you died, but I cared that you died, His Joe Jackson. His cared. He, you whipped them kids into superstardom. If I didn't see Janet say nothing about it, then they ain't care. Janet Ooh, did. No, Janet did. What she what'd said she on she Twitter. Did. She put up a, a photo of them, yeah. and she said like a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not like when, when, It's not like when. It's not like when Ike Turner died, and, and they asked Tina Turner to make a comment. She was just like, no comment. She was like, like I damn. Don't die. She was like, he yeah, died. I don't remember Ike Turner dying. He died a while ago. Yeah, she didn't have nothing. But then, but side note, her son just died. He oh, killed yeah. himself. Yeah, he so killed that himself. That was sad. And the thing about it is, if you if all you know about Tina and Ike is what's from the movie, you get confused because the way they portrayed in the movie is that she didn't have kids until Before, they got together. Yeah, but yeah. she did. She, did. she had him with that. But guy then, from the but band. then also, Ike had the kids that got yeah. dropped yeah. off at, yeah. Yeah. at their yeah. house. Yeah. That that so Craig was one of the kids that I guess they just didn't talk. About. Well, no, they in the. It's so weird in the movie they do talk about Craig, but they portray him as Ike's oldest when he wasn't. He was her oldest with the guy they called Spider in the movie. This too much oh, is all confusing. Yeah. yeah, it's all confusing. All right, some other it's, things. It's and, not. It was just was not his baby. That was her son from a previous relationship, and he had well, his own kid. What I'm saying is that the movie got it all. They they jumbled it all up. All right, so some other things that have happened since we have been gone. The city of San Francisco on June the 14th Woo! elected the first black woman mayor. Woo! So London Bree was elected as the first African-American woman to be elected as mayor in the city of San Francisco. She reached the milestone when her opponent conceded a tight mayoral race. Bree will serve only until 2020, finishing Mayor Ed Lee's term, who died at age 65. That was traumatic. That was just so... Un- and then he weird. died in Safeway. So, yeah. Safeway. Yeah. so, no, yeah, so he went to, like, mm-hmm. uh, in the city. People go grocery shopping late at night. Late at night. Where uh-huh. you couldn't get parking because, you know, it's <laughs> the, the city. city. And he just went in and was walking with his wife, mm-hmm. Anita, and collapsed. And had a heart attack and, and died that. later that night. And I wake up pretty early to get to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm waking up to the news. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean like Ed, Ed Lee, Lee died? Yeah. Like he was just, because he was literally had did something that earlier that day. And KCVU was there and reported on mm-hmm. it. So I'm like, what do you mean he's dead? He was just at the, the dedication mm-hmm. for he the did, whatever yeah. he was at. And it was like completely 
still yeah. But, but what made it even worse was then, so what we, those were none of us were, oh no, cousin, oh no, I'm not going to tell y'all age, never mind. I was not alive when Moscone and Harvey Milk died. That's before, that's before you, okay, yes, that was a long time. But what we all know from when Moscone and Harvey Milk got killed is that Diane Feinstein immediately became mayor of San Francisco and she stayed mayor of San Francisco. This whole thing about London Breed becoming mayor and then them electing to put her out was a a whole mess. Can you explain that to us, why they were able to do that? Do you know, Courtney? So, <clears throat> so the thing is, so <laughs> as uh, cause I gotta like get into the mode for you. Oh lord. So as president of board, so oh, can, so let me back all the way up. So uh, San Francisco is both a county and a city. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a city what? council, yes, it's, it's a county. It's a county and a city. So instead of usually, the together. yeah, the government is is conjoint. So instead yeah. of having um, like the city of Oakland has the city council and then our board of supervisors for alameda county mm-hmm. they have a complete board of supervisors which represents different different districts throughout the city and county of san francisco so london Bree was elected to be president of the board of supervisors in case of a mayor resigning or an, in this case uh ellie's untimely death she then became mayor she's essentially the vice mayor as um board, board of, of supervisors, supervisors president so she assumed that role immediately upon his death. So the bullshit that went down was this. They were threatened by the fact that they thought London Bree was going to run for mayor. So what they did was they finessed her out of that role by voting her out and applying that uh, the role to Mar Farrell, who is representative of District Two, which is one of the wealthier districts in uh, which they know the he's going he going to run next door to the board of supervisors. So, so the same board that she was president of, the people she worked with. Yeah, yeah because board of supervisors because black is appointed, women, this is what right? It, yeah. What was that? Is board of supervisors is appointed, not elected by the board, right? The what you talking about the, the president? Pre- I mean, the president is elected by the board, but yeah, yeah the board okay. is elected by their districts. Right. So, right. so they was like, they were threatened by the fact be, that okay. she would have incumbent status mm-hmm. um, if she decided to, to run, run for, for mayor. mayor. So the thing about the shitty part is. Diane Feinstein was allowed incumbent status because she assumed the role after Mayor Moscone was killed. Mm-hmm. And then she ran to finish out his term and then and ran, ran on again. her own accord. And I think the thing that's even about... more fucked up is that we know they put Mark Farrell into that spot. We all know that he's going to run gonna, again. He's going to run in 2020. He's going to try that. He's going to try And it's going to be her. It's going to be him. It's going to be her. It's going to be Mark Leno again. And it's going to be Jane Kim again. I don't think Mark Leno's going to run again. You don't think I, so? No, I don't think he is. I think Jane Kim running. She was at the party you didn't show up to last night. Man. So I have um, a question. <laughs> so this person, his name is Edley. Mm-hmm. Did the, he just happen to die around the time that mayoral elections were happening? No, no. he was supposed the to finish out his term just, until 2020. He was going to be mayor until so 2020. So the way y'all process functions is that if the current mayor dies, y'all immediately have an election afterwards. No, what no. happens is so. A mayor dies or resigns. Because I get that she she was acting mayor. Right, so so then you do that. So no, no, no. What it is is so you die or resign. So then the acting mayor comes in as mayor. Uh So what you do is you have to elect a mayor who's going to finish out the term of the mayor that either passed away or resigned. Who does the electing, not the public, the board of supervisors? The public, the public. does. Oh, the public. So, okay. the, and we just had, with our primary elections throughout the state of California they and other local... They added that on. Yeah, they added that on. Oh, okay. So, that's you. what happened. But they could have just let her stay mayor, couldn't they have? No, she's still... So, this is the thing. 
she still had to they always went they, with acting mayor so this is like where the shit gets kind of silly because that doesn't make sense she assumed assumed the role because she was uh president of the board of supervisors mm-hmm. so they had to have an election to see who they were going to elect to finish out the term anyway as acting mayor you can run for to, to, to take gotcha. over for the mayor who's gotcha. passed on and have resigned. But they didn't want her to have, have incumbent privilege. Gotcha. So that's why they tried to vote to just vote for the incumbent. Oh, right. That's so why they kicked her out. Yeah, because they didn't. Yeah, they thought that it's bullshit. She, because that's how Diane Feinstein so was able to vote. they prepared for something that wasn't going to happen until 2020? Like they, so if, as. They didn't, they didn't so, want the, the automatic assumption of the public to just vote for the incumbent because that would almost assure her. They thought that by not giving her incumbency, that mostly white. San Francisco would not vote for her. I so I would because I mean as a and they the, were preempting something for two years. So ahead. she has said yeah. she has said initially year and next year. She has said year. initially that wow. she wasn't going to run for mm-hmm. the seat to finish out Ed Lee's term. Mm-hmm. She initially okay. said that, but then they voted to kick her out of the and it was seat. Like, you got then she now. was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna run <laughs> right, right. because y'all fucking with me. Right. So now I'm gonna fuck around and win. Well, I'm, I'm gonna run and I'm gonna win. So yeah. now what? Now I'm actually and the there's mayor. this assumption that do. this black woman that she was only elected because you know her district. She's for the Fillmore, right? She's yeah. from the Fillmore district, mm-hmm. so you know her district knows her. They elected her, but that she couldn't she couldn't possibly have enough pull throughout the entire white ass mm-hmm. city of San Francisco to actually win. I got to watch her at the Pride brunch. Saturday of Pride, you know, walk and do her rounds with all these old gay white men. Now, just a reminder, people who don't know, Mark Leno himself, he's not an old gay white man, but he's a gay white man. Mm-hmm. I got to see, see her network. She knows the people in her city. Yeah. They yeah, have her back. So, the, 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 they, I mean, they knew what they, or at least they had a plan. It just didn't work. And I also think people thought because just London is black that she wasn't going to garner enough yeah. support. Yeah. But the thing about London, and I love her, and I went to the inauguration and I cried. I got a little emotional. But London's a moderate. She's a moderate. She's a moderate. And so, and I honestly think it's because she's a little bit older. She's about 45 and she was raised by her grandmother. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. when you're raised by older people, you have kind of more conservative mm-hmm. values mm-hmm. versus more um, liberal values. Because, you know, she was raised by an older black woman who was involved in the church. Mm-hmm. So, London probably went to Rose Oliveira, St. John. They went to where? Oh, Lord. All right. So, all right, Providence of Missionary Baptist Church. Her pastor came and. Uh, they, Dr. Uh, Amos, what's his name? Yeah. Amos so, Brown. So, yes, an old, old black man okay. name. And um, I, I think because because of her moderate standing, she she's networks with the people who, one, who, who donate. Mm-hmm. She can fundraise because she got the connections, but then also like her policies don't scare the shit out of people. Like I, I keep telling people, like you don't want me to be a city council member in D one, which is the Rockridge District of mm-hmm. Oakland, and mm-hmm. it's very white. Because I'm gonna white. be like, let's build all the affordable housing and homeless and shelters like, here. Nope. We have and all that's this. I, say, space, I think and her, her moderate status is her is a necessary code switch for her. It's it's. Even though, you know, she's in district. I don't think that. You don't think so? I don't think she co-switching. I think she's a, con- she's leaving The way that more- she, I, not she's her through moderate. the grapevine, that she went off on one of, uh, one of the unions that she went before for endorsement. It's one of them things where when you get somebody behind closed door, that, that hood is going to come out if it's got I mean, to. she got the, yeah. she got the hood in her head. Yeah. But I think when it comes down to like 
creating policies like where your where, where your values stand, she on the more moderate side. Yeah. Cause I think you saw um where Chani has said it's like she just moved forward with hiring a bunch of police officers. Yes. And she I'm mm-hmm. like, she 43, 45, what you want? Yeah. She like sis, you're gonna have to help me understand. Mm-hmm. I'm like older black people, more moderate, more conservative black people believe in police force when it comes to maintaining peace and safety. Maintaining decorum. And and they don't they, they, they believe in that somebody to crack the whip to keep you in line. And she love her she love her dress suits and her pearls. I'm not gonna even look at my cousin when I say something about no pearls. But she <laughs> loves her that, pearls. Uh, she, I, she, I don't I think like she is. Pearls. But she be she but she be what she I don't wanna get into the I don't wanna get into the wardrobe. I'm not gonna all I know is I love Mary London Breed and Mary London Breed. I'm I'm starting an active campaign to get you on the C Dub show. So if you are listening to this, I know people that know you, and I would love to have you on the Six Degrees of C Dub. And this, that's gonna be a new hash up. Hey, London, I met you know I met her a couple of times during Pride. You know, I, hey, London. I literally cannot. Hey, don't look at me like that. Hey, <laughs> I, saw, I saw your picture. Don't don't worry because we're gonna talk about uh, Carolyn out here and her networking. Basically, what her what you flirting? You was flirting. What? No, Courtney introduced me to no, look. Courtney introduced me to a nice lady who was interested in politics, <laughs> who bought vodka uh, martinis and everything. And all I did was talk. I just talked. Them vodka martinis were, them vodka martinis strong were as strong. Oh, that, right. wasn't, that wasn't nothing but vodka and. And then she and told us that I it was, was Grey Goose. I, I should have fell out immediately. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next part. I told of the you rundown. politicians like to drink. Uh huh. All right, let's move to the uh, next part of the really specific and, point of time. And this. 425. And this one is specifically for you, B. Willis. Serena basically wins Wimbledon even though she didn't. Who was it that won again? So what happened today with so and this weekend with Serena and Wimbledon? <laughs> B. Willis. I love how there's a whole section of the show for my expertise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we love Serena, but I don't know the whole story. Um, Serena, she lost to Angelique Kerber, who I actually like as a player. There's not too many uh-huh. white tennis players. I white. Like. <laughs> white. <laughs> I'm like Issa. I root for everybody black, so... But Angelique Kerber is, it's probably because Serena likes her, so I'm like, oh, I guess as a fan, I got to like her too. She's this German tennis player. She's like the first German to win Wimbledon since Steffi Graf. And uh, if you guys have watched tennis, you got, you watched yeah, tennis. Okay, that was like, Steffi Graf didn't won like in the 90s or something. I don't know. But um, I was sad, you know, because I love Serena and I love seeing her win. And she would have, this win, she would have tied for the most championships um, male or female, it would have been 24, 24 championships. She already beat Steffi Graf's record. So, like, in mm-hmm. tennis, we have this, like, two different eras. It's called the open era and something else, championship era. And so, in the open era, that's when they finally sanction, like, you have the Australian, French, Wimbledon, and U.S. Open. So, Steffi Graf had the most championships. She had at 22. Serena surpassed that. And so, then, out of tennis history period it was 24 championships <laughs> and she was she was trying to tie margaret court but she didn't she lost and it, it was it was a very um like what's the word i'm looking for like very melancholy no no, no, no. um like the way she lost was very complete. It was okay. like, well, that's what everybody said. Like she lost even... but i mean she was coming back from pregnancy like nobody's yeah. ever really done that have they? 
I don't know about all of that. But I will <laughs> say that, yes, her being 10 months out from being pregnant, 10 months out from having a life-saving surgery because of her inept doctors, which is a whole nother story mm-hmm. that we probably talked about mm-hmm. on the show before. Um, it is good. But I know for her and then me personally as a Serena fan, like, that's not enough. So I'm excited because any anytime she loses – she comes back and it's like, oh mm-hmm. shit. So I'm excited for the US Open because um I know she's gonna play on fire there and hopefully tie for the twenty fourth. Women's rights movement summed up that in the is photo. So... Is this of old? Yes. I yes. liked it. <laughs> mm. it. Is the picture is that but that is the girl, right? Is that the uh girl? yeah, but that's not. That's a that's different a... that's Angelique Kerber. We like her. Oh, okay. This is Maria Sharapova. We don't oh, like no, her. We okay, you know what's yeah, so bad? I really, really yeah. thought that was same the part the same. Of course so. you did, because the white people look the same. But um <laughs> They only have like <laughs> No, come on, come on. Come on. They do look How the same. are they not they the, the same? They're the same. They look like the same. I didn't even think to look at Serena having on different shirts. Yeah. My bad. Yo, Maria, somebody Maria was talking. We do not like. Somebody was talking about how they went to Hampton, and they always say it to white people like, "Oh, you've probably never heard of this because it's so elite." And then they scramble to explain how they know, Wait, like what? HBCUs. Oh, and so somebody in the comments has said, "It's like I've always had the issue of white people mixing up Howard and Morehouse." I'm like. White people mix up black people, so I'm not surprised not, that they don't shocking. like understand mm-hmm. there's a difference between two different universities. Yeah, not surprised. But um, well, somebody there was an article that said that uh, Serena lost Wimbledon, but you would never know it by Twitter. So basically, where the only people, the person that's getting real congratulations is Serena. Have you seen? I know you're you're more active on well, Twitter than I am. That's probably true for the general public, but in the in the tennis world, which is still mainly white folks they love seeing her lose because it, it happens very rarely mm-hmm. and it's always a big deal when she loses. serena says this all the time it's always a she'll say it like in an interview it's always a big deal when i lose and people make it because part of that is racist but also part of it is because she rarely ever loses mm-hmm. so um what about her yeah. getting dope tests more than everybody oh, that's what's racist. up with that Okay, that don't was that was test. that's racist. Yeah, that, that's racist. She gets mm-hmm. she gets tested more than any other. She's just amazing. She's not yeah. using drugs. Yeah, yeah. unlike me. unlike Maria Sharapova, the one we hate who had got suspended for a whole eighteen mm-hmm. months because she was doping. Up. That story. Maria Sharapova is the player who wrote a whole book about her life. The book is called Unstoppable. Unstoppable, even though she is even very stoppable. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. lost the arena like twenty times. And had a whole section in the book, or even a whole, I don't know if it was a whole chapter, but a whole section of a chapter about Serena Williams. Yeah. Why, why she got a whole chapter about Serena because Williams? Because she's obsessed and she's a white woman, so. Mediocre, huh? Yeah, when that, that um, mediocrity, it comes mm, at you fast. Pretty, that's pretty sad for you, Maria Sharapova. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but Serena is good. I'm so excited. She'll be back in a month or so in September. That's the Probably next, uh, when this airs. Probably. Yes, at the U.S. Open, so. So what, trying to get I trying to watch. I, I mean, I want to watch it, but they become like like today, you know, people have been watching, or all week people watching the World Cup. I don't, you know, when it comes to the NBA Finals, which we about to watch, talk about in a minute, it's oh at the same God. time. It's, a, it's whatever day that it's on. <laughs> it's at about 7 o'clock. 
But this other World Cup, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the oh, evening. Yeah. Oh, because it's in different know. countries. Yeah. But the U.S. Open is in New York, so oh, okay. all you gotta worry about is, is it September fourteenth. I don't know when it starts. I, I might be up. in New York again September fourteenth. Look it up. So while you're looking that up, congratulations to our Golden State Warriors yes. who won their third NBA title in four years. I count it as four because they shouldn't have won. I mean, they shouldn't have lost that second uh, one. That was some bullshit. So <laughs> congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. And then after they... Uh, after they won, and then LeBron gonna try to say, "Oh, but my hand was hurting." Shut up! Nobody give a shit about your hand. Oh, you lost. Yeah, yeah, he played yeah, with a broken oh, hand. Yeah, His hand was broken, but he didn't want to tell nobody. Okay. So it's, oh, August 20th. Yeah. Oh, okay. So his hand was broke. Talking about, and so then he decided he gonna take his talents to to L.A. <laughs> now I heard some different stories about why he's going to L.A. I mean, they giving him what 124 million for four years or something like that. Yeah. Something like but that. then also, I guess apparently his son is going to some school that all these other blue chip uh college recruit kids. I don't know which school is Rancho. Can't be Rancho Dominguez. That's Compton. Brentwood. I think it's Brentwood. Is it Brentwood? I know they live in Brentwood. So that's what went before they signed him, they said he was probably going to LA because his son was already going to school in Brentwood. No, I don't know. He wasn't. Was he, he wasn't what? He, he wasn't was going to school. He was getting ready to go to school, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was already enrolled. You know I'm a Lakers summertime fan, enrolled. And I'm not happy about this. So you're a Lakers fan? You're not a Warriors fan? Oh, we haven't had this conversation. No. So, well, I, 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 don't, this, I, I literally okay. don't. This is why I don't. This is why I don't. But you always posting about them. So but this is why. Sweet. This is why I did give Bay Area I Laker mean. fans an out, and this is why. I remember in the eighties when you know, I mean, the Warriors sucked for years and yeah. years and years for years, and then you know, people would automatically become Laker fans. Okay. I had some Laker pennants yeah. that I got from Great America. But I wasn't following b- basketball back then, and I didn't stay loyal. So, but I give them an out. I understand why you. No, a no, no, fan. no, no. This is why I am a Laker fan. So, okay. my family's actually from. Florida, I had given her a good out, but okay. I'm the only person that's born and raised in Oakland, and mm-hmm. I love Oakland. But I, I love the Lakers mm-hmm. because on my actual birthday, mm-hmm. it was Game One of the 1987 Finals, and my dad went and got me from the nursery and we watched oh, the game together. So, and they you don't even remember winning. that. Went, bitch, I remember it now. <laughs> so, who won? And, and, and they did. Okay. They was they who's was playing? The Celtics. Don't be like. I that. mean, who was on the team? All of them. <laughs> so they won that year. So I feel like that's a special. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're my team. But I, I, to be clear, like I'm very happy for the Warriors. Every dog gets his day. It's their time, and that's fine. Um, I don't like LeBron James at all. I think he's silly and I think he's messy. And I just want his hairline. I needed his hairline to just. I need him to decide what he's it's doing. It's stupid for him for a couple of things. Number one, he is a hood hopper, just like Bernie Sanders. He a damn hood hopper. Number one. <laughs> number two, this will never. The Lakers will never be your team. It will always be all the Lakers that they came before you's team. Even if you do happen to win a championship, which I don't, I mean, how many years do LeBron got left? Do we think they really going to win a championship? He's like, is he the same? He's a little bit older than me, so he's like 32, 33. So he got what, seven years? years, You're not going to change. If you get one championship with the Lakers, I just don't. You ain't getting no statue. I'm trying to figure out a way like they can win, but he still lose. I don't know how to calculate that. I can tell you how. If it's down towards the end of his career, where he is pretty much the sixth man, if that can ever happen, which it might, you don't know what his body is going to do in seven years. Somebody put a, a mural together and put it, it's a king, king of LA. And they keep painting over it. Who the fuck did this? 
Can I just y'all the basketball people? Y'all the basketball people? Oh yeah. Okay, I have a question because like y'all are so iffy. Like wow. every time who, who, I see who, 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 basketball, basketball fans in gen- general. Okay. Every time the I disrespect. see basketball fans talk about the greatest, it's always uh uh Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron in this conversation. So now that LeBron is going to the Lakers, I, all, every basketball fan is like, "Oh, he the best Laker ever!" And like, he's literally has never. You only heard, heard, heard young fans say that. Only young fans say that. Only young fans say that. It was not young people. It was like older people. And like, that's silly. LeBron fans think LeBron is everything. LeBron has even dribbled a basketball in a Lakers jersey. Conversation about like, what's up? I think number one, he gonna get to the West. The West is going to be a problem. He's never really, and people got mad at me when I said it. He's never had to compete. He has always sailed right to the finals, and that's the first time he competes, and then he cries. Every time. Yeah, because the East is shit. Like, there is nothing in the East. So now that he's gone from the East, I mean, they're talking about, oh, the Celtics is going to beat the Warriors. That's a new. That's a new thing that I read yeah, on the on this on the sports blog. Yeah. The stuff is gonna beat the Warriors. He is not the yeah. the idea, that, and this is something on on not even just basketball in football too. The whole idea that the West is always the conference to come out of. Yeah. For him, the idea that he has to get through the Western Conference Finals just to get to the NBA Finals is going to kill him right. because he is not going to do it. And yeah, that's gonna be a problem for him. All right. Uh, oh, okay. All right, so we're gonna cut out. I mean, we can have a mini conversation about the WNBA. We, yeah, we got uh, we got basketball people here. The WNBA player, what was her name? She's a, a, a rookie player who called out the NBA for the disparity in wages. Um, my whole take on that is this the WNBA, which is basically managed by the NBA. They manage the WNBA like a novelty, like a novelty league. Like they treat it like they the Harlem Harlem Globetrotters. They don't promote it. Yeah, they have no, it in little don't. minority, uh, uh, um, not arenas. What is the cities, whatever? Like mm-hmm. cities that people don't care about. Yeah. They put it in them cities, B arenas, and it's like if people come, they come. If they don't, they don't. And I think that the NBA really leans on the stereotype that people don't want to see women play basketball. Which is not true. Right. So all. they lean on that stare. They're like, if we just give them a league, but don't do nothing, but don't nobody come, it's not our fault because we gave them a league. And then when you don't have people coming, you're not making enough money. There is no money for them to give more money to the players. So I think it is on the on the WNBA. What do you think? I know you're not necessarily a sports fan, but what do you think? But I will, I'm not a sports fan, but I will, and I'm not a basketball fan per se, but I do remember loving watching women play basketball than the men, especially in college and high school. And I was a basketball manager, so I guess. Oh, okay. So, I was for like a week at Long Beach State. That type of thing. I just wanted to throw that out here. The, um... I feel like um, I per- I don't even watch the WNBA, but I probably would if I saw more promotion of right. it mm-hmm. and like got into it because I had friends that watch it and like it I, it almost feels like they gotta seek shit out, just find it. Like they have to do the work to find where to see a show and getting tickets and stuff. And it's like why is it when it's so easy for me to get a ticket to to the uh, NBA game for a bullshit ass team? Like what's a what's a really horrible thing? They do? have it in little markets. Like they got one in Vegas. Like and that's the closest one to here is the one in Vegas. But, but see the thing about it too is that a lot of these teams move. So that one that was in Vegas mm-hmm. came from San Antonio. Oh. A lot of times the teams have a hard time finding owners. Oh, see, mm-hmm. for those teams to stay in those cities. Damn, that's Because like up. going back to supporting advertising, yeah. all that stuff. 
And that's why I said, I'm like, do they PR team even know? Like, you know, usually PR people got to know people in the media. Like, hey, do y'all PR people even know the media to call them to, like, do any? You don't see, like, you don't see no, like, they will have whole episodes of shows on ESPN about NBA shit and nothing about the WNBA. WNBA. Nothing. Very. Yeah. I I think it's sad, too, because I feel like uh, women athletes have to do, watching them what they do is, like, it's so much more. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like a little bit more awesome than watching men sometimes. Yeah, it's just like the work is different. Like when I watch like women's tennis, for example, like how they have to play and the things that they do. Like watching Serena serve a 120 mile per hour ball. Like that's crazy. That's crazy for. I mean, not saying that women can't do it, but it's just crazy for them to see a woman do that. And so like. Even when you see like a, like women in arena football, it's like mm-hmm. damn, like <laughs> and maybe just like tackling each other and shit. So I feel like sometimes it's more fun and awesome to watch them because I don't know because what they're doing is a little bit more. Yeah, like even little, when you watch uh, women's softball, they still yeah. serving or you know pitching at the same amount. They're just doing underarm pitch, but people don't. But that they, shit is, I bet you get hit by. Oh one. yeah, you know. Look, I've been you hit know, by fast pitch softball, and it is not fun. <laughs> just just to let the audience know, it was Asia Wilson who is a rookie for the Las Vegas Aces, who tweeted about, you know, how much LeBron got, which was actually 50, $154 million. And I think they said the most that a WNBA player is getting is like 115000 Wow. The most? Wait, let that me see. can't be right. A, a woman That's comparable like a to LeBron salary. James and actually for many is seen as Michael Jordan of the NBA is only getting paid $115,233. That is Diana Taurasi for the Phoenix Mercury. The most? Yeah. The uh, per year? I guess so. I'm looking oh, okay. well, let me see. So, like, what's over- and that means the WNBA players are paid less since the revenue is lower, which is understandable, but if the WNBA paid its players in a similar way to W to the NBA, the player with the players getting fifty percent. So that's the other thing is that the players get more of a um more of a cut of the revenue. Yeah, um, for NBA or yeah, WNBA? From the, from the NBA. Mm-hmm. And players being paid first and foremost to produce wins, then that would mean Tarazi, who was only getting 115000 should be paid $737,129. Oh. They out here making lawyers. But think about it. The WNBA players, most of them still, you know, back in the day, they had to go overseas to play. Mm-hmm. Most of them still play overseas. Right. Because they got to. That's and then they up. still play it for the, the the U.S. teams in the the uh, the U.S. whatever so in the Olympics. Basically, the WNBA and the U.S. women's soccer team are the teachers of sports. Pretty much, because <laughs> they don't get because they don't enough. get paid nothing. They actually get. I mean, them girl. We, we just did. You guys went to see Uncle Drew. Did anybody go see Uncle Drew? Mm-hmm. And you had Lisa Leslie, who is still considered a legend. But think about how much less that she got paid. That she was in right. L.A. Wow. In the same market, right. how much less in the same market at the same time the that Kobe that Kobe and Shaq yeah. was there? How much less she must have been getting paid? No. That's something good to look up that I'm not going to look up right now. All right, so on to the next item in the rundown. So currently, or maybe he's gone already. I don't know because I don't pay attention to him. The deplorable 45 took a trip to London. And oh, yeah. is he gone now? Yeah, they, they've been, they've been, she's been. Put Let, I don't, you know, I don't know anything Somebody about this trick except for all the memes. That is Oh, and, and he meeting with Putin with nobody in the room. Wait a minute, yeah. can I, can we with pause? nobody in the room. Let's pause for a second because your Tennessee just came out because it sounded like you said Poon, not Putin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's that Tennessee. <laughs> so Trump. 
is in, I'm usually trying not to say his name, but Trump, whatever, it was in London. And to me, the funniest thing that has come out is all the resistance to him being there, such as the Trump baby blimp. So the Trump baby blimp was a 20-foot inflatable blimp depicting President Donald Trump as an orange angry baby, which was approved by the president, by the mayor, whichever city of Edinburgh, during a protest on Saturday. An estimated 10,000 people marched through the Scottish capital to protest Trump a day after protesters gathered in London to speak against his working visit to the United Kingdom. And a couple of things happened. Aside from the fact that this blimp flew over to Parliament Square in London on on Friday and nearly 250,000 people took to the streets to mark the visit, there was also the, the news that Trump said the blimp made him feel unwelcome. How do you feel about him feeling un? He felt unwelcome. By that the way. made him feel unwelcome. The, the made him feel unwelcome. It made he. he well, it, it's a baby. It is crying and shit. Don't, no, no, that no. Make what feel? I'm saying is, yeah. I would be less offended at a blimp than the whole Queen of England only keeping me in her house for 20 minutes <gasps> when she had held whole dinners and shit and had the Obama yeah. staying overnight. Yeah. When she, oh, I did not see that. When she only had him in there for 20 minutes. No, like, let me show you how this motherfucker was acting <laughs> up in Buckingham Palace. He walked, oh, yeah, he, was he walked in front of her, yes. Walked yes. in front of her. Sure and then stood okay. like this. Because yes. he thinks, because he just, like, can I just, like, I, I, so I'm working uncouth. through my classism and my elitism because I grew up in the hills and, and shit. <laughs> you so in I, a hill like this and also Yeah, that's why I know you bougie. Whatever. Game recognized game. Cousin, where am I from? I am from Louisiana. By way of South well, Side of Let's Richmond. not get into that again. Go ahead. So, my whole thing is like, I, I, I just find it, I find it so funny that he just doesn't even have any political correctness, decorum, like when you just go and visit someone. When you're visiting... Uh, an esteemed and they have whole books on what to do. What to do? Yeah. No, no, but, no they put you do practice, and he missed the practice because he was late. Because he's give you Because he's trapped. Yeah. They, yeah. they tell you they before you go and meet the queen. They tell you yeah. this one you supposed to bow. This one you supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. They give you a rundown. Meghan Markle went through, went through a rundown, rundown before, yeah. she, before met she met the queen. The queen. Yeah. So they they let they put your ass up on game. It's not like they just throw you up in there. And it's like figuring shit out. And the thing out. is, the, they the, let you know the what queen, you're supposed to the do. The queen is 92 years old. She's been meeting presidents since she was 30. Mm-hmm. And ain't no president just walk. He, did you see that picture? He just walk in front of her. She and looking all old. She can't, even, she can't even stand up. And he don't even give her a hand so she can stand up. Like, if anything, I can see him, like, linking arms. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's appropriate. But I can see him. It seems like any type of person who has any type of gentry mm-hmm. about themselves would help the elderly, elderly woman Mm-mm. down some no. stairs and there's no mm-hmm. railing. It's even like without even without a debriefing. Or he would have offered his arm mm-hmm. and then would have gently walked her mm-hmm. down the stairs. Mm-mm. That would, I feel like, I, and again, I don't know if that's like appropriate, but it seems like in America, in America, mm-hmm. that would be appropriate that you help a, an elderly woman mm-hmm. down the stairs. Right. If you're standing right next to her, you don't walk all up in front. Nigga, you mm-hmm. ain't secret service. Move out the way. Yeah, so I got a what question. I got a question. So B. Willis mentioned that she only had him in the house for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. I saw oh. a picture, a meme of her sitting, looking out a curtain, talking about the queen sitting out here looking like uh, Pearl from 227. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if that really happened this weekend. But I mean, if she only had him in the house for twenty minutes, why was she? Why does she only have him for twenty minutes? Or so no, she, she, she can't. Fuck, she like don't the, fuck with like him. The rest of everybody. But else. she, she was right. Ra- you know, like she's raised to. You know, they yeah. don't get involved in political matters. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, yeah, I'll let this motherfucker come through and I'll give him some, some, uh, some. Cause I let it, water. cause I let yeah, everybody else come and I want to let his crybaby right. ass come but, too. But in comparison, um, uh, our, our dearly beloved Barack and Michelle Obama stayed the whole weekend. They yeah. kicked and they mm-hmm. threw them a steak dinner. Yeah. And he didn't then, get the royal treatment. No, no. because he's trash. And it's like, who even wants, like, I don't want you here. I don't he's even know why you're here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, also Michelle, uh, speaking of Michelle Obama and the queen, I find this hilarious because, you know, they just hooped and hollered about yeah. how her wearing her sleeveless dress to meet the queen was inappropriate. Uh, Nigga, walking in front of the whole mm-hmm. ass queen is, is more inappropriate. inappropriate. I don't, like, I can't, because it'd it be hot in, yeah, in Britain yeah, in July. Weird. I it's imagine I ain't been there. But, but I was like to get hot. So I would like to interject so, to me what's wait. always the funniest thing. Go, what was you going to say? No, I was about to say, so here's what I'm talking about. Okay. So... So the people been comparing this visit that Trump had to Obama's 2011 visit, and so when Obama came, she not only did they have tea, they had a state dinner. She threw a state dinner for them, and they spent the night in the palace in Buckingham Ooh. Palace. And so with Trump and his uh, side piece, what's don't be like that. That's <laughs> side note, and don't lose that thought. But I. <laughs> died when I saw the picture where they said that Melania, whatever, Melania, whatever the fuck her name is, showed up at the palace in her Maddie Moss Clark limited edition. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> in her You Brought the Sunshine <laughs> limited edition. <laughs> oh, she looked like Karen Clark Sheard. She sure did. Yes. Oh, was she... Yes. I can't. But anyway, go ahead. So but no, so basically Trump and his side <laughs> piece got there had tea and the queen was like okay y'all can go now wait she put him out yeah no she was just like yeah this we're not having a state dinner you're not staying in my house you can go i will do this why do you need to be at my house because this royalty shit say i gotta do it because she know diplomacy even if he don't know diplomacy right now he about to take his ass to see putin and they said he about to go see putin with nobody else in the room He can tell her what did Maxine say last night? He could tell us that she that he did anything when he went in that room. Yeah. And ain't none of us gonna know. They're clearly gonna blow each other. I think we just need to talk oh, about okay. that. That's his boo. That's yeah. Yeah. They're clearly gonna like it's clearly gonna be a circle jerk. So I don't even know why everybody's like, what's he gonna talk about? Nothing. His mouth's gonna be busy. Come on now. Like, let's not. <laughs> Courtney is ratchet. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't have no time. All right. <laughs> so some some other things that. <laughs> So some some other things that have happened now the way that these things are going and like I said we're recording this on on July the fifteenth this is not airing until September the third so this lot this list may grow um, but some things that have happened we found out that you cannot be black while campaigning oh god you cannot be black while swimming you cannot be black while being a yogi. That happened just yesterday in Long Beach. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> this man car. was sitting in his car listening to his yoga music. <laughs> and the lady called him police on him. <laughs> in Long Beach. Which made me mad, but I started putting up. I got a picture of Long me in the Long Beach. Beach the LBC? Yeah, I got a picture of me with the Long Beach SWAT team where they let me hold a rifle. <laughs> I'm going to make that my, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to make that my profile picture. Uh-uh. Um, You can't be black while cutting grass. I heard about that little boy. So. They called the cops on him twice. Yeah. Because yep. what, he went over a little bit into their yard or something? What was it? I don't know. That, yeah, yeah, I just know he was yeah. a black boy and they can't stand black children. So I don't even know if there needs to be a conversation, or there can be a conversation about it. Because, I mean, it's not, I I think it's not even that it's ramping up. It's just like with other things, we now have cell phones to capture. Oh, did y'all see the one where the poor little Latino lady at, out at the BART 
yep. trying to sell her stuff. And that woman, and that woman yeah. And then, and then that man, that man said, let's find out where she work at. And she ran off. Oh, that a bar That was a bar That lady is like always, she's always like, what is that? Martin? Like, like, Martin? Yeah, that was that's like, that's, no, that's like Montgomery. I think yeah, that was uh, Montgomery. She's Montgomery always over Station. by Montgomery. Yeah. And then nobody ever bothered her. No, no, tell this lady. To. And then okay. she's talking about she's trying to do her job. That her job is to go out and help vendors get them the, a, the, a permit. My favorite thing about that video was the nerve that she had to mention compassion. Yes. For her. Yeah. Because the guy was like, Let, let's make her vow, y'all. Let's find out where she, she worked. Where she worked. Taunting her, which I thought was hilarious, and she was like, "Yes, let's not show compassion for people." I was like, "Bitch, you ain't showing you ain't showing compassion." What are you talking well, about? Well, she was on her Facebook page. They had screenshots. Don't nobody want those lady. Don't nobody want them knit hats. I don't want to. She just trying to. She just trying to get the money she can get. But they've been there for years. But that lady, she was on her own Facebook page, really crying. First of all, she, I'm not white. I am whatever what? she's, she, she, she says she Latino or whatever well, she is, which is a whole nother conversation about light-skinned Latinos. So, okay, because she, 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 she POC when she want to be, but other times she acting white. That's a, like last night when they were yeah. tapping, was pushing out black pants. people at the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. But she was like, no one had compassion. I was out doing my job. I wasn't even really calling the police. I was calling my friend to get her resources, but I should have done it myself. I should not have called my. I was calling my friend to get what resources to help her get a permit. No, but the lady didn't want a permit. If the lady had money for a permit, she would have a permit. But also, why didn't you just say, "I'm not calling the police. I'm calling to see if we can get her." In the video, she said, "I'm trying to make it safe so people can walk down the street." You walking down the street? I thought to say that's true. That's not, and that's not like like hella huge. Like that whole sidewalk, like right. Girl, she don't block nobody. She doesn't. And then, and then always backfire like the little boy with the cutting grass. He got double because he had to hire his cousins. And help him cut at some country shit. Oh, yeah. And the little girl in San Francisco was selling a water. Yeah. You can't. Oh, yeah. And she was selling at a Giants game, which everybody, yeah, like, everybody you, got, does. you got the hot little dog, hot dog man. The everybody out there they selling water. Bootleg. And then beer. the lady said, we own our property. It's not your property. That's, to me, that's some gentrifier shit. Like, you right. know that it's not her. You know that it's not her property. It's not your property. So, she lost her company. Good for her. And, this, and that little girl, she got... Look, all these people on this list and lost their jobs. Oh, the Blackwall campaign. And like, now I didn't... This lady, talking about moderate politics. So, somebody called the police on her while she was campaigning. And she, she gave a very colorblind response. I don't remember what it was, but it was something about, you know, seeing something and saying something. And, you know, it wasn't race. She basically said it wasn't racism. But she's running she, for re-election. Yeah, she's, she's already a representative for that area. And speaking yeah, of you don't, and oh, speaking yeah. of making it okay, Long Beach police. And I'll tell you, I lived in Long Beach for a long time. I didn't pull, been pulled over by the Long Beach police. I know captains in Long Beach police. They know that I don't like the Long Beach police because hey, but they, so they came out to the man. So the man was basically sitting in a subdivision, probably in Bixby Nose. He had dropped somebody else. I mean, he probably an Uber person. He decided he gonna take a a, a rest, and he gonna listen to his yoga tape. On his way, on his on his way to yoga, which is why I say he didn't bix me. No, he said it was right. My yoga place is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that sir. gotta be the least bad thing that you could be that doing. you can be doing. He listened. Listen he was really yoga. listening. He was like, "I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna get my chakras in line." And then <laughs> she like came and she started messing with him. But she called the police. Said he was chasing her and shit. 
And then the Long Beach police came. He was like, I was about to leave, but I didn't want them. That was going to look guilty. So the Long Beach police came. And then the Long Beach police says um, she did the right thing because if you see something, you need to say something. I said, motherfucking Long Beach what? police. If you see what? Nobody had did nothing. She said, oh, no. She said that he was assaulting people because he tried to give somebody a business card. I swear I am not making this up. Now, when I take it back, sometimes with the root, you do got to get the actual source because the root love, they, they petty. They are petty. So, you, you <laughs> yeah. got to really, but no, this one was, that's what she really did. So, apparently, we'll see. This is, okay, on to the next thing. I have a beef with anybody who had kids and didn't tell me that Double Dare was back on Nickelodeon. Did y'all watch Double Dare when y'all was little? Y'all yeah. Double Dare Because you got a kid. With Mark Summers? Well, yeah. yeah. Wait, Mark Summers back too? He, but yeah. he only, oh, he the announcer oh. now. He not the host. Some little girl oh. is the announcer. Oh. I mean, he's the host. I would definitely but here's the thing, though. It is a thing. It's regular Double Dare, not super sloppy Double Dare. They still playing them games where you play throw frisbees in. It ain't, ain't no fun. I was I was I was sitting at the gym. I was watching it with the kids. They, like, they getting all yeah, they ain't getting slime and nothing. They ain't getting slime. No, when they I, when they bring it, change it to super sloppy or bring back finders keepers. That was my show. Somebody else, else said they like Legends of the Hidden Zelda. Yes, Legends of the Hidden Temple. No, because they did bring no. back uh, Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, that, <laughs> that now that was, I was I used to always be hungry watching Supermarket Sweep. I'd be like, get the ham, girl, get the ham. <laughs> <laughs> get you, like everybody know. Get you, get you some laundry detergent. Them laundry detergent is expensive. Right. But I used to be hungry watching Supermarket Sweep. But no, they brought Double Dare back. They didn't tell nobody. I blame people like Courtney. Who didn't tell non kid people like myself that it was back, but I mean I ain't gonna watch it though because yeah I know about it. Mark Summers is all yeah. Anyway, all right, so we're gonna go into some shows, some of which we have watched and some of which we haven't, but we talked about we were going to watch them. By the time this airs, they should all be off, so we can give opinions of them. Mm -mm. The first is FX's Pose. Which is has already been renewed for next week's season. FX's Pose is the story of a house in the queer ballroom scene of 1986. Where did I put it? Uh, <clears throat> it's created by Ryan Murphy. Now, when they first announced that Pose was going to come out, was like, um, oh, we was like, all the black gay people was like, oh, bitch, no, you are not. I remember that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Ryan. I don't think Ryan Murphy. I don't think he do nothing for this show. And no, and can I tell you how much <coughs> I forgot because I remember that conversation. I mm -hmm. remember being like Ryan Murphy about to fuck this mm -hmm. show up. And then when I saw Pose, I did not Pose realize that it it's was the show that we were talking about that Ryan Murphy created. Until you saw Evan, what's his face? Evan Peters as well, the guy. Yeah, him. And then I was like, oh shit, was this great? Well, I think the, the amazing thing about Pose, number one, I don't think they're wrong. I think Ryan Murphy just put his name on it to get on FX, which is good for, good for him. I think he writes, I just think he does it with a lot of input. Yeah, and well, Janet, Janet Mock is in, is, I think yeah. Janet Mock gave him the idea and he took it to factors her and... Um, at Pride, one of the Grand Marshals, what is her name? Her name is, I forgot her name already, but they are both the only two queer people in the writer's room. Um, for me, as a person who has been obsessed with the movie Paris is Burning, if any of the listeners have ever watched Paris is Burning, Paris is Burning is a documentary film that actually was filmed in 1986. It mm -hmm. came out in 1990 or 91, um, and it was the first view that anyone had of the ballroom scene, which is primarily queer and trans people of the the black and Latino communities in New York. Um, and Pose directly rips a lot of Paris is Burning, and I was like, okay, is anybody going to call them out? But 
Jeannie it Livingston is... Was it just like, no, it the rips. Lifestyle. No, it I rips. I mean, because it's just like... Well, you can't do that genuinely without having Paris is Burning, like, while having that connection. Well, and that's Because the that's thing. real, and then they're trying to be as real as possible, so mm-hmm. of course you're going to see that. Well, a lot of it is, it, like you said, it is a lifestyle. Some of it is an exact rip because they the, the set is really, like, the exact, whatever ballroom that they film most of them balls in Paris is Burning, it's an yeah. exact replica of the ball. Okay. There are lines that um, Billy Porter uses, which <laughs> Billy Porter plays the announcer or whatever they call him in the ballroom community and he is the he embodies junior labasia who is a member of the, the legendary house of labasia who was featured prominently in paris is burning if you ever hear any clips from paris is burning it's usually from junior labasia and some of his lines are actually direct rips from the movie to the point where there was a scene i think in episode three where they do some of the calls that they do they do um dynasty and they had them walking Dynasty Runway from the show Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And he comes out in the, the fur coat. Now, in the movie, um, David Extravaganza, who I'm going to talk about the House of Extravaganza in a minute. David Extravaganza comes out in the fur. And I think the, house, the, the actual call was men, the men's garment, men fine wear, something like that. And in the film, Junior LaBeja calls him out for not wearing a men's fur. So I thought... That they were actually going to actually go into that, but they didn't. They actually kind of let it stand the way that it was. But I know that the creative consultants for the show are Jeannie Livingston, who was a director of Paris is Burning, mm-hmm. who had her own issue with not really paying the the primary people in Paris is Burning, um, and then the current house, the current father of the House of Extravaganza, Jose Extravaganza, who was also the the choreographer of. Um, Madonna's Vogue, which I thought Willie Ninja did, but apparently he didn't. I thought that too. But he uh, apparently he didn't. So Jose Travaganza did. He got a Grammy for it or an Emmy or something like that. So I mean, they have a good good people in the writers' room, good people in production who have made it very. I mean, everything about it is believable. I'm scared that somebody who's going to die, somebody in is going to die, and it's not going to be one of the characters with HIV. I think it's going to be Angel. By the, and I can say that because by the time this airs, the show will be over. <laughs> Hold on, and I love Angel. I love Angel. I think either she's gonna die or or something's gonna happen to her. Because the the guy that so for the listeners, the guy that she is dating, she started this guy started trolling her at the pier, which those who know back in the eighties, that's where a lot of the um a lot of the trans girls who were working the streets were at the pier. He starts trolling her at the pier, and he starts being obsessed with her. He starts following her everywhere. He finds her. She starts stops working the streets. She starts working at a peep show. He finds her at the peep show and he starts coming to the peep show all the time and he decides that he wants to keep her and he gets her an apartment. He doesn't want her on the street because he is getting jealous and a lot of guys who are like that become obsessive and they, especially now, and I can say this again because this is later on which is going to air, his wife finds out. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of guy that usually kills the girl. What do you think? I don't know if he's going to kill her. You know, but, he gonna, I think he's going to hurt her. They're going to therapy though. Maybe they'll get his shit together. Him and the wife? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that we, the thing that's interesting to me about Pose is that it deals, it definitely deals with trans identity in a way that it makes me as a, a cisgendered person feel like, oh my gosh, should I be even like talking about this? Because they have very specific conversations about the men who date the women on the show about genitalia. 
And a lot of times we don't talk about genitalia. I'm glad. That's why I said I'm glad that they do have trans women well, in the writer's room. On they the don't show talk about genitalia in what sense? No, they do talk about genitalia. Okay. Very specifically. In what sense? They have, they've already had two episodes. They have, So they have, of course, Angel, who is with the guy who trolled her at the peep show. They have... Oh, you mean, uh, now, now, when you said they talk about genitalia, you made it sound like, like, like they talk about... About it. No, um, they do. They don't. They don't talk about it as in like, oh, this. Well, not is a in a bad way. No, no. About my no, they've had. Cause they've they had seen honest conversations. Yeah, they have about, very honest like, conversations with another character that seems like a real conversation that uh, I feel like a trans person would have with someone that they're intimate with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, and they even had a scene where she, when she meets Stan's, that's the guy she's with, she meets Stan's wife, and Stan's wife tries to demand that she shows yes. her that she is a trans woman. But that was, okay, let's, let's go ahead. And she says, I have boundaries. Not, but let, on that scene, can we just, that scene was a very beautiful scene. No, it was. And it was, and I'm not even, not even for Angel, but also for the white girl. I don't even mm-hmm. know her real name. I don't, I don't even think know her they even say her name. name. Stan's wife. Um, but that was a very beautiful and complex scene. And I know a lot of people were saying like, oh, how dare she, they, she say that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but that is, I could imagine a white woman saying that shit, yeah. a trans person. But it also set up Angel to say what she said when she was like, um, if you want to know who I am, you looking down, that, that's yeah. the last place you want to look. And I thought that was the most beautiful, That whole like, monologue. She, she had so many quotables where she talked about how she felt like she wasn't a person until he came played, came home and played with her. That was amazing. Yes, that was, oh my goodness. And then when she talked yeah, about... Murphy ain't had, he ain't he like, didn't write, no, part. I think Jan and Mark are one of them that said, wrote yeah, that. Yeah, And then there was the other one where she talked about the lady was like, but you're a woman. And she said, I am a woman. And she said, but so you can be. She said, I am. And it was a, this whole I, this whole idea that I am a woman, and the whole, I, I don't. It's for me, it's uncomfortable because I, get, I think we have a lot of conversations about not talking about genitalia, and you always want to make sure that you are having that conversation in a very respectful way. And they do have it in a very respectful way. I'm not saying they do, they don't. It's one of those things where you're so used to not talking about something that the the fact that they are talking about is like, hey, are we doing this the right way? I think that we are, but I could be wrong. I don't. I don't ever put that. You know, on somebody that we are doing it the right way, but I think Jan that they are doing it the right way. That is doing the right way. There, it's an Y'all amazing. Y'all are show. not explaining to me things. Oh, okay, you playing? Have you like, not watched this show? I yet? haven't. Oh, oh my God. you know I don't have cable, so things have to happen. But you have the internet. I do, but so when you say they're talking about genitalia, are they asking trans women about their genitalia preferences? And, well, no, and, there, there's different storylines going on. So you have Angel and the guy that she's with. You also have um, not Angelisa. What's the name? Um, Electra from the House of Electra, who is actually having. A surgery. She's having a I don't know, what are sex, the, reassignment. sex reassignment surgery, and um her 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 boyfriend who is Chris Maloney from Law and Order SVU, and which was a whole nother shit. thing. Hella fat. He's fat. Oh my God, Jesus! Did he put on weight? Yeah. On so oh so God. they have this whole thing where her boyfriend who keeps her comes to visit Old her. Fat white men just yeah. look weird. And <laughs> he and she tells him that she wants to have the surgery, and he tells her, "I don't want you to have surgery. You know, I don't want you to have the surgery." You know, I don't know what it turns it turns me on about that, but the fact that it's in the room turns me on. And if if you have the surgery, I don't want you. And she wow. has and she has to have the come to Jesus moment where she is like, I am doing this for me, which is like 
the way that we think of it is so backwards, but he's like, I like you this way. And she's like, but I don't, I don't like me this way. Right. And she ends up having the surgery. So it's a woman who wants to identify as She right. She identifies as a woman and she is having and she is had she had the sex reassignment surgery and her her well, the man to turn the, the penis into um a vulva. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And a couple of women on the show um, already. First of all, it's the only show with a majority well, the trans man liked, woman. The cat. man liked it. Yes. So was he? He's gay. No. No. He likes women. He likes the, her the way she. He is. likes her the way she is. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's gay me. No, I don't. The know. the genital oh. for a lot of people um uh-huh. is they're attracted to the person. The genitalia is not always um, an issue. A part of that. Yeah, okay. it's not always a part of the attraction. Okay. They know that it's that they have their the genitals that they were born with, mm-hmm. and the, it, for them, it's not necessarily an issue when it comes to having intimate situations. Mm-hmm. And even with Angel, she, her, the guy, he's so if Electra's guy is very sure about what he likes. Angel's guy is not sure at all about what he likes or what turns him on, but they both know that they like them the way that they are. But the two women do are not comfortable with their body. We have to remember this is nineteen eighty six, so I think but that's nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen eighty seven. Is it eighty seven? Yes, it is. Oh, well, I mean, they no, had the flashback to eighty two earlier on the other episode. I said, oh shit. Okay, but I, I, I don't think because you know it's like people say. I think technology has increased, but I don't think the. The process of trying to figure out what you're comfortable with um, within your trans identity is, yeah. is easy no, and no, no matter what time period yeah. you're in. And I think that's what's good about the show because it makes us grapple with it in a way that we have. And I think as cisgender people, we are just kind of taught to be respectful of certain things, you know. And I think the show makes us go into these conversations and does it in a way that we know it's coming from people in the trans community who is telling us this is our experience and this is what you need to understand. That's what I think anyway. And aside from the fact that I just love balls. That's just I, I just great. I They're just love balls. As they no, they yeah, not say I'm days. glad I didn't know that Janet Mock was a part of the oh, show. Yeah. Because I I really like her. Also like um Janet Mock had wrote an article. Your cousin about balls. Go ahead. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. No, no, no. Do not lose that thought. Do not lose that thought. Okay, so the balls are they're, 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 yeah, because you don't like balls. You don't. You don't like those balls. Are like runway shows, but they <laughs> oh, have these categories, sorry. and the categories are like butch queen, first time in drag at a ball, and then okay. you gotta like unless you've been at a ball, you gotta decode what is the butch. First of all, I thought I was a butch queen, but now that I know that I'm not a butch queen, a butch is whole yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have all like they'll have a category like dynasty. And you'll come out dressed like the Carringtons or whatever. And the thing is, back in the day, a lot of the people that were going to the balls, not a lot, all of them were all poor. Um, were all, a lot of them were working the streets. A lot of them were living on the streets. But they would go and steal stuff for these balls. So they were walking in furs. They were walking. There's like a military um, category. They were walking in military garb. They were walking in all these fancy things. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Dorian Corey had a good line in Paris is Burning where she talked. And I think they talked about it in the show too where it's the closest that any of them will get to um, cisgender. They didn't use cisgender. Anything that they'll go get to heterosexual um, acceptance. Any, any, the closest they'll get to yeah. that lifestyle. That part, but also it's all about like Fantasy. having a space for mm-hmm. queer people to get together because they 
nowhere else could they get together and just be themselves. And like that's kind of how the ball culture kind of thrived because mm. it was just like you had nowhere else to go. And, and they so were they were called balls because they're they're they were always in ballrooms. Right. Okay. And so, and then that's where like, Ma- and that's where Madonna okay, found. That's where Madonna because a lot of when you're when you're walking in the balls, a lot of it is the voguing because you're you're supposed to be walking like you're in a fashion a fashion yeah. magazine. Mm-hmm. So that's where voguing came from. I don't know how she found and it. That's where Madonna did her best white woman impression. Mm-hmm. And went I'm sure she found it at the catch in in L. A. Because she went shit. to the catch all the time. It's tea. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ball, finish so no, I'm happy that Jane and Mock is a part of this project, and that yes. makes me want to watch it because Jane and Mock wrote, uh, maybe a couple years ago now, uh, she wrote an article about pretty privilege, mm-hmm. and oh, it was yeah. very, yeah. it was very good because I even I, I love how um, they kind of address that too. Yeah, yeah, how how it's like yes, I might be a a trans woman. And that comes with its own set of oppression, but me being able to be passing to in pass, a sense to pass and, then, yeah. and be attractive mm-hmm. adds a certain level of privilege that is not afforded to other trans women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that ability to identify your privilege even in your own oppression, I that's what I love about she her. She gets the intersection. Yeah, so the, exactly. And a, a big thing in the in the ball community is realness. You have whole categories about realness. And, you know, those of us who are just fans of the culture, we're like, you know, I'll put on a hat and stuff like, you know, boy realness. Yeah. Mm. But what? one thing that they one thing that they explain <laughs> in the show is how realness was also a way of oppression amongst that community. Mm. Like if you can't pass as a real real woman there's a scene with um they Blanca where they too, yeah there's so a scene with Blanca where they're like they the other girls are talking shit about her because she can't pass they said she still got stubble under her chin and all this Wait, kind of stuff what? that was in like not this episode but the mother's day episode where she where they flash back to 82 where she first walked for the same time oh, okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so they have addressed a lot of it 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 i mean we have there's transparent which i've never watched um, but I think to me, having this show, right. right, this show that really addressed QPOC or trans people of color is really bringing about a lot of, it talks about the AIDS epidemic, like mm. a, like a, a big storyline is the AIDS epidemic. Cause even like here in that's Richmond, we lost, story line. that's an overarching, theme overarching theme. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, they, they lost the person to AIDS and now we don't know at this point when you all are listening to this, if anyone else has died of AIDS because someone else has found out that they were positive in the course of the show. I hope not because we don't need to lose that character. Um, we talked. Oh, I mean, pray tell reveals that he, he's yeah. positive. Um, Damon, who is a Howard alumni, I found out he went to school with Dimless and he went to school with my cousin also from Richmond. Um, he, that kind of, talks about the straddling line of, of the folks in the ball community who went into the dance community. Mm-hmm. Because even though he's in the ball community, he goes to this fictional school of dance, which is it's kind of like they, they play it really like fame. It's like fame meets Paris is burning. Because it has... Wait, wait, uh, he doesn't have HIV, though? No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. No, I was just yeah. talking about like a lot of different things and how you know his character really talks about how many... Or really hints to how many people actually crossed over from the ballroom world into you know mainstream dance culture mm-hmm. and then those of us who are big music fans are just obsessed with the music because they play all I the old school the cuts music. like they play stuff Why in the 80s you guys are not looking at us like we don't know the music i know the music too carolyn 
Because I know they know always, the music. She always do this. Like, I know you don't know this. We was in... Let me just take a quick side note. We was in the movies watching Sorry to Bother You. We're going to talk about and that she later. she had the nerve. Steven Young, which is... It's his last name is Young or whatever. I well, mixed him up with somebody scene. else. Young, is it Young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a scene where he was standing next to some um um whatever he was standing next to, and this one had the nerve to say, "Oh, that's such and such." I know you don't know who that is. Blah blah. blah. I was like, "I know that." I said, "That's Stephen such and such from um The Walking Dead." She and like, I was oh, like, "Oh yeah, that's." Oh, oh that's what I thought that was somebody. I was like, "I got him." You didn't know who it was. <laughs> you cheat always. Do no, it. no, look, because they got the the songs in that show from when they wasn't even. They got fucking uh, Gwen Guthrie's ain't nothing going on but the rent. I ain't heard that song. Since 1987, but that used to be my song when I was like six years old or something like that. They they got all the deep, all the deep R and B cuts. Like that, we keep me and my friends, my other friends keep trolling the credits. Like who was the music supervisor? It was some white girl. We know she don't know none of these songs. Uh-uh, you, they played the Midas Touch uh, by Midnight Star. She don't know nothing about no Midas Touch. They got all except for now. They like I said, they did rip a lot of stuff in Paris is Burning. So for the Love is the Message episode, because when you watch Paris is Burning, they they throw that song over a lot of the ball scenes. Oh, so I really? think that's how they transitioned it into this theme about why Pray Tell keeps playing. I love it. that song. Yeah. Man. They that through the whole movie, that's like the theme of Paris is Burning, the theme song. So all right, so we look forward to by the time we come to our next episode, we should be able to have a, a good ending discussion about Pose. A next show, which is Britney's show, which is Claws. I don't know. I haven't Brittany. seen the latest. Episode. You haven't seen it, have, but you've been watching this season, right? Yeah. So this season, I mean, to me, it's kind of boring. I mean, Desna like is working for the Russians, this and you watch it too. You I'll watch Claws? Yeah. Am I the only one not too excited about it though? Why I'm excited not? about it. I mean, it's it's not really except for that the that's episode with got you. That's why. That's for what? That Pose is right. Got yeah. I mean, I'm not excited, but except for that episode with Silent Ann, where she is like reading everybody in her head. Like, aside from that, and when the Russians killed, uh, the Russian lady killed her girlfriend. I mean, not her girlfriend, her sister. Whoa, what? What was that? That was like the first episode of the season. Oh, 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 her sister. The Russian yeah, her sister. sister. Okay, I thought you meant Silent Ann, so it was like, bitch, what? Well, it doesn't sound like we have much to say about Claws, so. Watch Claws. Claws is great. Watch Claws. Watch Claws first, and then watch Claws. Nash and her, uh, cleavage. And her that is capacity. actually a good Ooh, reason to watch and whatever waist trainer she got on. That is actually a good <laughs> reason to watch Claws. I'm like, and at the point body? that we are at now, she didn't found out that that white man, that, I mean not white, that black dude, the African whatever uh, gynecologist dude. Was that the last episode she found out that he that he's sleeping with the Russian? She walked in on them. No, 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 no. Pause, pause, pause. Her doctor husband? Yes, is sleeping with the Russian lady. Yeah. She walked in on this is the same episode where they got in. Wait, this is last week's episode because I didn't see this week. She walked in on them talking about her on the couch and then he get they already and then he gets up and he ain't got on nothing. All you see it is booty. They sleeping together. Okay. And she's crying. No, let me, let, no, we need to talk about Claws because okay. the one thing that's going on in Claws right now that I can't fucking stand is white feminism. 
And this is this whole thing with this Russian That she is woman. legitimizing because Desna. Because yes. she's all, oh, Desna, I want you to be this great woman and you need to do this, blue, blue, blue. But it's it's not for Desna, it's for her. Mm-hmm. And I need Desna. When Simon Ann had her episode and called Desna, I was like, finally. And it took another woman of color to call your ass And they out all been calling her out, though. White woman, yeah, they had. Because this white woman got you doing dumb shit and it ain't really for you. It's for it's her. It's for her. And she, but she, but and I mean, she's so used wasn't to being that- overlooked. What, what by the black by the white men? Who? But isn't isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. Cause I'm about to say like shit. She ain't doing nothing different than what Uncle Daddy and Rollo was doing. Yeah, yeah. but she yeah. was more focused on herself and on her friends. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it's more like. Oh, she, she got me doing this. She got me doing. This. I finally feel like I'm a boss, a bitch. And no. every time the Russian lady tell her, she told her to give to, for Jennifer to give her her house. She she took Jennifer's house. Like she now she's a willing participant in the in mm-hmm. them. Was it the Dixie Mafia when before she was trying very hard to get to out. get out? Yeah, yep. And even Roller, who is slimy and shit, is trying to tell her like, baby girl. Girl, roll her ass trying to warn her, like, yeah, they are sure this dude the right one for you. Like, (laughs) wait, can we talk about uh, the the brother being in the in the the the, the strip club? Ever since Jennifer called him Vanilla Bryce, I had not been able to call him. No, no, I'm I'm talking about Desmond's brother. Can we talk about Desmond's brother being in the strip review? Did the last episode show him stripping? Yes, but I feel like why can't he strip? Yes, he's stripping with Polly's girl or Polly's boys. Yes. Let him strip. So Polly, I need Polly to get one accent and stick to it when she. But she she gets when it. she's in dance when she's in dance teacher mode. Her her shit be throwing me off. It it freaks me out. But that she came out of it this back time. straight. I'm like, <laughs> nope. Do something else. You gotta do another. No. I mean, I guess talking to y'all make it a little bit more exciting. But I guess because every time I watch it, I beat and just watch Pose. And I'm now Pose was a little bit dry. This a lot of people were excited about last week's Pose because it was the episode where Billy. Porter finally sung for the first time, and oh yeah, Blanca singing. And, and I was like, I and can't get. Li- I know that was lip singing because no. I was like, I can't get into block Blanca singing because that was the worst lip sync match ever. So I and didn't really. Now, feel. Is it a man doing her voice? I think that the singer because it does not sound like a contralto. I will say that it didn't sound like. I think it was still it was still a trans woman. I believe I, this is what I believe probably happened. It was still a trans woman, and they I think they got someone who just can sing. Okay. They didn't worry about because they didn't worry about voice matching at all. Clearly, so I couldn't yeah, really get into the emotional, and I can't get into the emotional with Claus like I usually do either. I think it's because usually Claus is very definitively this is the black. You know, we talk about just with Claus with how to get away with murder with scandal. All of them shows are about black women taking care of people and people shitting on them for taking care of them. Mm. I think this season with Claus, where Desna is just like going for the okie doke, is just kind of like. Eh. To me, but I think now that she didn't found out that the, the doctor is cheating on her with the Russian, it's gonna finally get exciting. Okay, so all right, uh, am I the only watching one watching Power? Yes, yeah, I'm watching Power. Power, Power. Okay, do we all watch it? Am I, I'm the only one who watches it early. Uh, so, wait, remind me again. I, so remind, seen, I have seen you have seen it. Okay, I won't talk about it. Okay, so okay, remind no. me again is a ghost. Acting like he's gonna run for city council is that no. what? Why is he with Lorenz Tate? Before y'all, before y'all get into it, can I just say I don't it's watch right. Power, but I want Tariq to die as much as y'all do because y'all asses keep Tariq saying. got to go. No, y'all Tariq needs to die. Tariq got to go. But now he's crying because he, he should have died yesterday. But wait, okay. So number one, why is Lorenz Tate <laughs> and those connected? What does he want what from Lorenz Tate? Who? Uh, yeah, what those. are they doing? What so Lorenz Tate is running for city council. 
and his character is trying to build some kind of think community center or something uh -huh. like that. Oh, community. And, I, and now they dedicating it to Raina. Yeah, shit. yeah. That's right. And okay. so, because I was like, why is this nigga here at this funeral? And so I, I think he needs capital from Ghost. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. And he's pretty much manipulating. He's using Raina's death. Yeah, he's manipulating Ghost and Raina's death to get what he wants. Okay. And, and this is me not telling y'all what happened. You know, I watched this episode, this week's episode at midnight. So yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. Uh, I haven't finished. And I need, can somebody please remind me what is the deal, but what happened between Tommy and Keisha? Because some shit is going they on. fucked. Besides yeah. that, because you know, Tommy dumped her. Oh, okay. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. remember what happened. I knew they, I knew they. Yeah. Yeah. He fucked her and then dumped her. Yeah. After uh, my least favorite uh, character, Tasha, told him not to fuck and then dump her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm really having a hard time having this conversation without y'all having seen this recent episode. But I can tell y'all that Garcelle Beauvais makes an appearance. Who fancy? Yes. Wow. In this episode. And yeah. is she Tasha's mom? No, Tasha's no, mom is what's her name? Is not. Is she Tasha's sister? No. Is she Shannon Tasha? No. Is she, she related to Ghost Keisha? Baby Mama from no. back in the day? No. I can tell you this, she has awesome sex with ghosts. What? <laughs> Garcelle Bouvet, how do you say her name? The older lady? Uh, from, um, from, 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 yeah. From yeah, from James Fox. She's on the show now? Well, I guess she, yeah. Oh, Cousin, go straight to the closed door. Don't go to the one to the left. <laughs> um, yeah, she's on there now. And it's this whole story, like, is there still the thing with Lorenz Tate and Ghost trying to get capital for this building honoring Raina? Uh -huh. And Lorenz Tate, like, keeps, like, bombarding him with shit. Like, you know, they had this yeah. funeral. Ghost and them ain't went with... Come on, we church people. They ain't never went to no church. Right. They, they had this big old church funeral. Right. Where they... Wait, they wait. Okay, I thought I was the only one in the funeral scene. Willis will appreciate this. In the funeral scene, they had a big church funeral scene. And the lady is singing his eyes on a sparrow. Right. Whoever closed caption for stars clearly didn't oh, open up no, no. hymnal. Because they had all the wrong... Yeah. I know, I was like... I had to Google. I said, "His eyes on the sparrow lyrics, like these ain't the." And then so it took Frenchie Davis, like y'all, that just show how racist stars is. They messing up his eyes. Yeah, but they had this That's big old. That's why Netflix not getting patois right on um on the season two of Luke Cage. I'm like, what the fuck is he Or caption? or stars when I be watching Juice and they say nigga, but they always caption it nigger. I'm like, oh, I'm tra no. like, I'm traumatized. Oh. I am so traumatized. I'm watching Juice. I'm trying to get my uh, teenage life. Nigger. What's up, my nigger? Like, <laughs> no. Okay, y'all. Everybody is eating cheese and meat. And so that's the end of the power conversation because. No, it's not. Oh, it's not? Okay. Yeah, what do you have to say about, about power? Uh, so, first of all. Can somebody bring the bottle of vodka and the pineapple juice? And, 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 and a Sprite. And a Sprite. And <laughs> Just bring all the food. Just bring all the food up in here. Listen, listen, people. Here, listen, people. Don't bring all of it because you know, cat. Listen, what cat? people. I thought the cat was outside. It is, but you know. I don't know. What do you mean? I Nothing. thought the cat was outside. Listen, people. If you, oh, this is the se this is the second, this is the second ever C Dub show live episode, and every time it gets to about the one hour mark, it gets like real like <laughs> broken down. <laughs> Last time, it, last time it was Caleb digging his hands in the popcorn, what? and we could oh, I was like, "I need some popcorn." Courtney was like, "No, Caleb put his hands in the popcorn." Okay. No, what happened was he put his hands in the popcorn, 
And then he was eating it and then spit it back out into the whole general pot. We, we miss you, Caleb. Can you tell your mama to bring you back to the show? <laughs> uh-uh. Okay, so finish telling your thoughts on, on power, Courtney. So we need to, um, it's funny we're talking about power, right? Because in all my Facebook memories is how at last summer, I decided I was going to reinvest some time into power. So I had to go back to season one and I was just doing full on um, uh, just marathons with it. And I was just re- remembering how ridiculous it was with like Holly and how she mm-hmm. was pregnant and tell Tommy and hella silly shit. And then Tommy getting involved with Keisha because apparently like niggas just cannot find other places for their dick to be outside right. of like their general right. friend circle. Right. Like go out and meet a woman. Right. And explore that. So um, I just want to say like everyone hates Tariq. But have you seen read? that meme where he's he's now made his way into the echelon of of characters that everybody just hates? Yeah, yeah. Tariq is a direct descendant of his mama. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's what Tasha's Tasha, telling. That's what Keisha's telling this week. Tasha is the worst character on Power. You can fight me at me. I'm gonna tell you why. Please. Back. When Ghost was trying to go legit from yeah. the first season, yeah. she was already no. with the fuck shit. She didn't want him yeah. to do it. Right. And I'm like, it's you know, I, I'm a woman. Too- I have a child. If I started fucking with a nigga from like, we was eight, 17, 18 years old and we have kids now. They're going to high school and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I'm trying to move into a more legit mm-hmm. lifestyle. I'll be like, oh, about damn time. Right. Exactly. So it's like, I mean, do you really want to like live the rest of no your life. days? That you like, they like, they like in their mid thirties now, right? Like, mm-hmm. you really want to yeah. live the rest of your days on some drug shit, right? And and, Ke- and day, Keisha actually calls him out about, calls her out about that. Like, she's like, I don't know what happened. And Keisha is like, I know what happened. Y'all been lying to these kids all they life. Yeah. They don't know who they are. They don't know yeah, who you are. are. Yeah. Now the the the, the, <laughs> the Richmond and me is like, bruh. You so mad about your mom and daddy, Lonnie? You going around killing people and drinking lean? Are you serious? Right. But I mean, he but then, he a privileged kid. But then also, because that's what always happens. Like privilege, children in general. There's always that certain point where you you start to try to push the envelope as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's not, it, it's not, um, it's not that big of a deal that he was trying to uh, push, you know, the envelope by experimenting with like alcohol and drugs that's normal mm-hmm. kid stuff but he's so them. yeah not yeah. that they're killing the people but now like Tariq is attracted to like that that's thug that life mm-hmm. yeah. like his fucking mama like his mama yeah. like yep. his fucking mama Aww. some women are just into that fast mm-hmm. life they into that fast money they get off on being the trap queen Tasha's yeah, into that trap and, 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 and I think and I think and I think at the end she's of the season she's finally gonna come to that come to Jesus moment like this all like you said this all stemmed from me mm-hmm. wanting to hold on to this trap life mm-hmm. that's all it is those both seem like you know sometimes it's like I, I need to quit this stuff yeah. right it's like okay they grew up in, in, in a and they had a rougher upbringing their environment was yeah. right so this is how he got his money but it's like I see an opportunity to be legit right. and not have to worry about that and, and right. not have yeah, to worry about going to jail uh-huh. or getting killed or having to kill motherfuckers because they over here uh-huh. trying to take on my uh, you know my territory and I'm trying to just be better for my family. Mm-hmm. She like, what you mean? Uh-huh. And, 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 yeah. and I'm like, uh, like, we getting money. Like, what you doing, little Kim? Don't do that. Like, I don't, right. what you doing, girl? So 
Tariq is a direct descendant of his goddamn mama. And I don't like doing that because people, mamas always get blamed when their kids acting up. But, this time, but they both on that bullshit where they trying to be like with this thug shit. And it's yeah. like, you're going to be the first people getting killed. And Tariq saw that about his mother. After and he was involved in that shooting. Mm -hmm. She gave him everything to do. Take this Yeah, off, she and did. He, and he saw his mother for what she really is. And now Ghost is going back into just randomly killing people just to kill him. Like, he's getting back into what he didn't want to be. Because so he got to. My question is, why did Tariq text Dre, tell him to run? Because I don't... I, I'm just trying I to remember. That. I forget that Tariq still hasn't figured out that Dre is behind everything. He still doesn't... He doesn't know that. Because I'm like, why did he warn this yeah. nigga? Mm -hmm. And I forgot. He doesn't know that Dre is behind everything. And then one thing that Demons brought up is the fact that both what of them are... Dre? Dre is the... the used to be the apprentice. Rutomi, what's his name? Rutomi, yeah. He's like an intern. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now he's he running shit. Yeah. The light skin But one thing yeah. that Demons brought up is that both of them are people who are ignored by everybody else until now when they have all the power. Like, Dre, like, people would just tell Dre, do this. Dre, do that. And Dre was like, but I'm... You know, but... And now he got all the power. And same thing with Tariq. Tariq kept asking them, you know, what's going on? What's going on? And they wouldn't tell him. And then that's when he started hanging out with Kanan. Now, but Kanan, who seemed like he on up and up, he's, he ain't on up and up. Is Kanan 50 Cent? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all yeah. seen that meme, though, about Kanan and Tasha? No. Mm -mm. So the theory is that Kanan is Tariq and then would be Raina's real dad. Well, there is a scene. I'm sorry to have to bust this to you. Y'all ain't seen it yet. Yes, okay. But there is a scene that actually alludes to that in this week's episode where she runs into him at Tommy's house when Tommy's not there. And you see this, the tension between them, but you don't know what it is. But to some of us, it feels very sexual. Mm. So and and between Kanan and Tasha, yeah. The theory is that Tasha at some point hooked up with Kanan and that Tariq and got, is... got pregnant. Mm. And then, you yeah. know, he went to jail behind some shit mm. with him and Ghost setting him up right. or whatever. Yeah. But they think Tasha was behind whatever. And Ghost that's what she hiding. Had him do. Oh. And that's what she's hiding because they said if you think back when uh, what was his cousin's name? Um, uh, when Anika. Nani Rose. Rose, uh -huh. Rose Jukebox. Jukebox. And he was like, he took my son from me. <laughs> and then she said, that's not, or he took my freedom. She was like, that's not all he took. It's like, oh. a little like that possible. Because everyone's like, well, how is it going to be Tariq dad and not Ray's I mean, dad? if they can do it like, on, then he would be both of their dads. Li like, what do you listen, like, don't. If they can do it on Greenleaf. Yeah. Then they can do What's it on power. Greenleaf? What you mean with that? Greenleaf, you know, Greenleaf. you know, Greenleaf. That's the whole thing is that they saying that Lady May had a, a affair with yeah. uh, what's his name that from WKRP? Yeah, with Tim Reed. Yeah, because she used to be a hoe back in the day. She was a hoe. Bad as he. That he, uh -huh. I mean, uh, they didn't really allude to the whole dad thing, but just as the fact, and they might, they maybe they haven't got to it, but that the fact that he had, she had an affair with him before she got with, or maybe while she was with uh the the bishop, yeah. And that's the bishop. That's the thing that people go to a lot in in movies and and TV shows. So I believe so, yeah, that the, that could the, be the real. The, the underlying current theory on the internet is that Kanan is actually. Tariq and Raina. Raina's dad, and that's why he took to Tariq the I way keep he forgetting did. that Tariq and Raina are twins. Yeah, yeah, they're and twins. that's when a, oh, a, when a twin yeah. died. Because yeah, remember, he yeah. said this is, she was my better half. Yeah, yeah. She, when a twin, twin died, oh, that's some other shit. Isn't he the one who got her killed though? Oh, well, not much. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty much. He got killed. I don't know what be going on. I just be looking at people. He he watched her. He watched her die. What? Yeah. Yeah. He and he dead. couldn't have did nothing about it, but he watched it. Because he's going to die too. Even if he did something, mm -hmm. that one would be dead. But yeah. 
All right. Well, we look forward to seeing how. Look, I got a mouthful of food. Whatever. How power ends up next? Has anybody besides me gone to the movies to see the Whitney movie? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna just say this. I think it was good though. It is very good. It don't tell you nothing new except for the allegations that Whitney and her brother, who who put her on the drugs, were were sexually abused by Dion Warwick's sister Dee Dee. That was a big bombshell. Mm. Which is, and, and I think the thing I like about this movie, as opposed to the Showtime movie, I mean the Showtime movie was good too. This one is very cinematically done, and I'm a, I'm a big I'm a person that's very big on music documentaries because I mean if you're doing a music documentary, you got a whole bunch of music to work with. Mm -hmm. So they unfold at the very beginning her whole musical lineage. So Dionne Warwick mm -hmm. is you know her auntie or her cousin or whatever. I never think about Dee Dee Warwick because Dee Dee Warwick wasn't nobody to me who was born 30 years later. And I love mm -hmm. people who, I, you know, I love old music, but if you was that obscure, I probably didn't know you. But they lay out her whole musical lineage, and then towards the end when they get to her death, and they're interviewing her personal assistant, who was this other older black lady, and they really get you step by step to, you know, this happened to Whitney. Well, what happened to Whitney? She says she was sexually abused. What did she tell you? She was sexually abused by, and they go for like 15 minutes of this whole thing about her being sexually abused. And they finally say, well, who did it? And that's did when they, they review. that as, a, as an excuse for her? Of course. With well, Robin? well. Not the person who a... the person who revealed it was an older black lady. So yes, she did. Okay. They didn't go as much into Robin as the other movie did. Um, it's ve it's a very well put together film. Like I said, it doesn't tell anything new. It doesn't get as much into Robin. It does give a different reason than the other movie as to why Robin left. It says that Robin gave Whitney an ultimatum that it was between her and Bobby, and oh, that wow. um she, that Whitney that she told. Whitney's assistant, it's either me or Bobby. And Whitney told the assistant, I accept your resignation. <laughs> and that was the end of Robin. Wow. So I don't know, because Robin has been between, since Whitney's death, she's been very, very quiet. Aside from one little memorial she did um, right after her death, she hasn't really talked much about their relationship. But I mean, to have as much footage as she was very, in, they were very intimately, they was together. That was it. But it's a very good film. I do recommend that everyone see it. It's going to make you cry. Like, when I was in it, everybody that was in the theater, by the end, we was on our on our um, knees like this. And we know Whitney's story. But it's just the way this cinematically put together. At the end, when she, they, after she's already passed away, and they rerun her singing, um, I Have Nothing, and they run it again. It was a performance. Well, it wasn't even a performance. It was just the song overlaid over all this footage and footage Aww. of the funeral and there's just to me there's always a way that you cut documentaries yeah there's just a way that you cut them right and the way that they just cut it over that last song was just it was heartbreaking it was it's a really I, i'm just gonna recommend everyone see it there's nothing new to see here but it's you should see it how old was she was she bad was she like 43 or something there was you know there's something new that they did reveal they did reveal that her and Michael Jackson used to actually have sit downs together. Okay. That her because they were the only wow, people that awesome. understood it. That they only ones understood each other. Like she, they said he would call her to his house, mm -hmm. and that they would just like not even talk. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what made the that whole seemed like some Whitney Michael Jackson right. Like show. like what do you say? Like her, you know, people always talk about Joe using Whitney, but when you look at the people around her, there was just nobody was for Whitney. 
you know, her mama was trying to fulfill, just like Joe was trying to fulfill her, her musical aspirations. Her brothers was using her because they was all on drugs and now they had money. Um, when her and Bobby first got together, they were genuinely in love. And it did start with her trying to get her black car back after the, here's some tea that I had never heard, but it's not in the movie. When she got booed at the Soul Train Awards, somebody said that was the Pointer Sisters that started that. I didn't know she was booed at the Soul Train Oh, yeah. That was a big thing. Um, she was like a little pop star. Yeah. Oh, which album was that her second That her second one, when all she was singing was White Power Ballads. Yeah. That was around, which song is it? That's when the CD, which she's sitting on the bike. No, Seven Night Yellow was the first one. That second one, I Want to Dance with Somebody, but it had... Is that when she was sitting on the bike on the album cover? Or is that her third No. I'm going to tonight. Yeah. The second one was just her in like a white tank top with like the curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because they put... Um, not I want to dance with was it? I think it's I want to dance with somebody. They play that song with no um, instrumentation. They play just the vocal track, mm. and they they use that as the bridge into her superstardom. Mm. It's like I said, it's the it's way really, that they do it is very really well, well put together. Who's the director? I don't remember who the director was. It was spearheaded by her former manager, who was a lady, and I okay. forgot her name. It was spearheaded by her. But they talk about how when her and Bobby first got together, it was after that Soul Train Awards where she got booed. Where she won like best soul artist or something, and everybody's like soul. Ah! So they booed her, and she—that's when she met Bobby, and they really loved each other because he was the only person she could basically she's the only person she could be ratchet with. Yeah. Because Whitney was ratchet. She was from Orange, New Jersey. She was ratchet. So they really loved each other. But then when she did the bodyguard, that's when he started being so jealous of her. And that's why I said, is is Bobby Brown out there trying to uh, counsel Jay Z? Because that's basically Jay Z used to be the man, and now Jay Z is just like Beyonce's husband. Yeah. yeah. So it's really good. Everyone should go see it. <laughs> the you know what the nineties in me, the college in me gets really sad because I mean back in the day, like we we snuck yeah. into his dynasty record release party mm-hmm. in okay. in Ventura, not Ventura, one of them places in the valley. Like he was, I remember when I met Jay Z, he was the man, and now he's Beyonce's husband with his nappy fro, yeah. wearing bad. Yeah. Bad double breasted suits and yeah. going on blue on dates with Blue Ivy. All right, the very last item on our agenda, which I think only me and Willis has seen. So the other day, me and Willis went to see Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to Bother You. Oh, did you see it? Okay, good. Sorry to Bother You is the directorial debut by Oakland's Boots Riley from the Coup. If y'all don't know Boots Riley from the Coup, then you ain't shit because the Coup used to be the shit back in the day. I don't know the cue. Well, they was a real revolutionary rap '90s type shit, and they was 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 Pam the Functress their DJ for the coup for the coup. I'm not, I'm not sure. I feel like Pam the Functress was their DJ at least rest at some peace. point. Rest in peace to Pam the Functress. Absolutely, rest rest in peace to Pam the Functress. So, sorry to bother you is the um the first directorial debut of Boots Riley. It's set around a character by the name of who's played by Lakeith Stanfield. Cash is Green. It stars Lakeith Sanfield, Tessa Thompson, Jermaine Fowler, Amari Hardwick, Terry Crews, Patton Oswalt, David Cross, Danny Glover, Steven Yoon, and Army Hammer. It's set in Oakland. The film follows a young African-American telemarketer who adopts a white accent in order to thrive at his job. Once he does, he rapidly gets swept up into a conspiracy and must choose between making money at the expense of humanity or joining with his activist friends to labor. So... To me, there's two parts of this film, and y'all can tell me if I'm wrong. 
There was the very funny satirical part of the film, and there is when it got real dark and still satirical. Am mm-hmm. I right or am I wrong? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And when it was funny, it was hella funny. I think the climax is when it took that turn. When it took the turn? When it yeah. Got, when it got dark. Yeah. Yeah, I was like this. <laughs> what are we looking at? I got, I got, so I got creeped out. Breaking, breaking the, the, uh, the third wall? Yeah. Yeah. Breaking the line, the picket line and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so he he's working at a company called what is the name of it? Regal View. And there's this other company that is taking over taking over the world called Worry Free. To me, Worry Free is Uber. Okay. Worry Free is ran by this guy named Something Lift. I don't know, but to me, obviously, Stephen Lift. Obviously, his name is Lift. Worry Free is like Uber. Worry Free is a place where you go and you like live in a barracks. You don't have to pay for food or shelter yeah, or lodging. Like Google, then. Well, I say that's, 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 that's that ain't Google. Uber. Is that Google? That's Google. That's Google. Okay. So you can have everything there, so you don't have to leave. So you don't have to leave, and all you do, all you do is work, work. all day. That's Facebook. That's Facebook. So you, you, so there, so you have that, but you also have Cassius. They never wait say why Cassius. If, if, if Cassius can't get a job, just that he doesn't have a job, and he lives in his uncle's garage, who was played by Terry Crews in a terrible Afro wig. Um, and he goes to work at, at Rapid View and he's not making no money because they don't even get paid, right? They All they get is commission, but he ain't making no commission until Danny Glover, the older black man, tells him to use his white voice. And he didn't even know how to code switch. And he's like, no, everybody got a white voice. Hello, sir. So what, if, so what did you think about the movie? First of all, as Oakland residents, even though Will's not Oakland resident. But I was narrated in. I narrated it in Oakland. Number one, I took her to the Oakland Hood Theater. I, Oakland. I, t- I took her to Jack London, and she was like, she was like, why are we at this theater? I said, you got it. If you're gonna watch okay. a black ass movie, you gotta see it at Jack London. Was a lot of white people there? There was white people in there actually. There was a lot of white. Yeah, there was like, there was a lot of white people. Yeah. Carolyn keeps saying it's like I was alarmed that we was in the Hood Theater. No, you wasn't alarmed. I wasn't alarmed. I was just like, you should have told me we was coming to the Hood Theater so I could have it. Somebody mind. Deacon was taking the tickets. He said, "Y'all here? What y'all here to see?" He <laughs> said, "I was like, here you go, like ah, oh, y'all in, y'all in theater three. I said, "All right." And then I went. I had just so I, when I saw Whitney, I saw Whitney a week before, and I went to AMC. Like for y'all, y'all AMC is Street. on Bay Street, yeah. yeah. You know, it's all nice. They got the bar and they got the... Yeah. I went, I said, where is the combos? What is happening? What? I just need some popcorn. And then popcorn. the hood got the nerve to have $5 bottle of waters. I was like, what Yeah. $5 for that bottle of water you got right there. But then the kids was all hanging out. I was like, what is the kids doing hanging out? Is this the kicking spot? So we go in there. I said, it smelled like the hood theater. I don't know what was going on. Um, I did narrate it in Oakland. Every was time, it $5 Tuesday? It wasn't $5 Tuesday. But every time something would come on the screen, I'd be like, oh, that's that's the liquor store yeah. right over there on yeah. San Paolo. I work over there. Like, that's, that the, like, like, that's, that's, that's the quarter pound burger that ain't even open, but all right. No, like, right. That's the quarter pound burger. All right. The Latino uh, market, the little. So it was real cute because it was really like it was. It wasn't like Coach Carter that was about Richmond and filmed in L. A. Right? No, it was nothing about that. No, it was really in Oakland. That's another day. Um, for me, I think that <laughs> rapper free was funny because I used to be. I mean, I've had every customer service job ever. I did used to be a four hundred one operator oh, wow. and work in these little bitty cubicles like that. Like I did used to have to direct people to the 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 naughty store and all that good stuff. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> 
Girl, Girl. I, one time I did the graveyard shit at 401. That's all you get is people going to the whole stroll and going to the strip club and stuff. I, and one time, and one time I got this lady and she was on the phone. No, I think the dude was on the phone. Some she ended up running or something. That's how 401 is. So to me, that reminded me of worry free. Cause 401 or 411? 411. That's that's information. Okay, so we get through where he, he gets his job at Worry Free. He has his girlfriend played by Tessa Thompson, who is, of course, fine as shit. But she is, like, so Oakland. Because she is such an Oakland, like, no, super liberal. No, someone said that she was more like a Berkeley fairy. Nah, she wasn't Berkeley. She was Oakland. I've seen what she looked like in the movie. I haven't seen it, but she was Berkeley fairy. Nah, she, she was, she was uh, we'll say she's new black Oakland. No. Okay. She Berkeley. Yeah. So, she, so she's working as a sign spinner. Mm-hmm. But all her signs ever say is off and sign, whatever. And so she he convinces her to also get a job at Rapid Free. Or whatever they call Regal, it. Regal, Regal View. Regal. Why do you saying Rapid Free? Isn't that the cash check cashing place? So she get he she, he convinced her to get a job at Regal View and then the friend, the walking dead dude, decided uh, yeah, yeah Steven squeaky, squeaky like that. Yeah, that they gonna organize to get better wages. And meanwhile, the uncle is about to lose his house, and he decides he's going to go work at Worry Free, too, because he can't afford to keep his house. He did? Regal what? Remember that was a scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, did. I remember that. Wait, are you going to tell the whole plot? Because what's wrong with seen it? Oh. You just tell me the plot? That's why I'm still going to see it. Okay. So there was a point where, so he, he got the job, and he making a little money, and then Danny Glover. What about the scene where Danny Glover tells him about code switching, though? Where he tells him about using his white voice. It was just kind of random. <laughs> it was just like heck of random. Like, just, like came out of nowhere. You all up in my business. Like, 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 I mean, then, if you've ever worked then, in... Go ahead. I guess my thing is too, like, if if you tell me to use his white voice, how come you're not up in the, in the power bar? Yes, right, that's right, something right, I said. Well, why are you not in the power collar thing? Yeah, why are you not being a shot collar? I mean, all the time that I worked in customer service, there was... He might have been there to be the, the lookout. Look I thought out. that was going to happen. I mean, all the time that I worked in customer service, there was always an older person that was working in customer service with us that had been there for like 20-some years. And mm-hmm. we actually, when I worked at AAA, we actually did have a, a co-worker who fell out and died, had a heart attack on the call center floor. And we was expect- we were just supposed to keep working. Like, people still need their toes. That's toes? It. Yeah, AAA. You know, call for their toes. Yeah. Oh, toe-wing toes. Yeah, toe-wing toes. Wow. So... Okay, so what about the twist when they get to the turn, Brittany? I know that they, I know it creeped me out. I was like, "Why am I here at this point?" First of all, he went to the house and took Why? the coke and shit from the people. Why? 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 He ain't no dope head. What is he doing? Big dummy. I don't. Know, it felt being influenced by white people. It felt like that episode of Atlanta where uh, mm-hmm. where they was in the 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 mansion with the white people. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it oh. in a good it was all that weird stuff going on. Yeah. Then, like, rap, rap, rap. With the, with oh, that. nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga, nigga, yeah. nigga shit. Yes. 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 Yeah. White folks, like, like even at my job, they ask, you know, I've been asked, oh, did you play basketball in college? <laughs> oh, your name is Ian. Oh, my goodness. You know, Have like, you seen somebody get shot? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like. That scene was both hilarious and cringeworthy. Both. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Like when he just saying nigga shit, like I I hollered the first time, and then as he kept doing it, I was like, right. 
Yeah, and then it was and it was white people in the theater, so like they ain't know what to do. They kept yeah. they kept climbing over seats. We were like, what is happening? You, I know she was like this. Yeah, was but I think the thing that made it the, the thing that made it crazy was that he was trying to rap and he couldn't rap. So he just starts saying nigga. That to me, that's the, the state of hip hop music. I feel like that's what white people hear anyway when they listen to rap music. Like, right. Nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga, yep. nigga, nigga shit. Yep. Like, oh my God. He played up. right into that. I was, I mean, when the horse people fell out of the stalls, I was, I was freaked out. I was a little scared. I was scared. I don't know what that was. That it was turned, like some saw shit. For a second, it turned into a horror movie. For, right. yeah. yeah. For a good 30 seconds. Yeah. And that was more horror to me than get out. And get out had blood and brains coming out and shit. And, but them horse people. You was not expecting that I was at not all. ready for that. I was like, what is this? That was some good CGI and mm-hmm. makeup. Yeah. Cause that and they was talking. Yeah. Help me. You, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Help me. And it's banging on the bathroom. But stall. now, what did it mean at the end? So the <laughs> horse. know that was Forrest Whitaker, right? Really? The voice of the horse. The Marius. Oh, really? Yeah, at the end, he was like, yeah, yeah. yo, you don't have to talk to me like that. My name yeah. is the Marius. That was Forrest Whitaker. Okay. This is the second Forrest Whitaker produced movie from Oakland. Because he produced Fruitvale Station. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where's Ooh. Forrest Whitaker from? Like, what is on? Google, do you want Wikipedia? Look that shit up. Okay, so we got the horse people, uh, and, yeah. he, and him living in that apartment that's right there outside of Franklin Gallo Plaza. I'm like, ain't no, right. like, ain't no apartments yeah. there. Yeah. Ain't no apartments. Yeah. Right there in the little triangle. Yeah. Yes, I was, I'm looking like, I know where that is. That's right there. Too. That's that's the flight deck. Ain't yeah. no apartments right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what was that last night. Right. Oh, is that at the flight deck? Right by the bar. Right at the Oh, it's right right an event space. He was oh. right above the Starbucks, wasn't he? A pizza, whatever. Was that right there? Ow, don't hit me. He was. Hello. Hi. How are you? We're doing good. Hello. I'm doing good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we had the um him living in the house outside of Franklin Gower Plaza. Mm-hmm. And then Tessa Thompson decided she gonna leave him. It took her a long time. Well, well no, we don't know the chronologically how long it took. Because I think by the way the way that the movie ended, I feel like it felt like it was a long time. It couldn't have been that long though. Maybe a couple of days. Yeah. So I have a question. Okay. So if you get knocked in the head with a can of soda, you gonna go around for a day or two with a bloody scarf on your Wait, head? Wait, Willis in the movie every time, every time they show, every time they showed him, Willis was like, he's still bleeding. Right. He got blood in the pillow. To, How long he on the head? He had no insurance. I think that was a point Boots probably was trying to make, but yeah, that was, that kept getting on my nerves because it kept it was still there. It kept getting bloody. Bloody and bloody. Yeah. Yeah. It was like getting all dirty. And stuff. But then yeah. it started. Remember, it started to heal when he finally. Like got a conscience like again, yeah. Remember, yeah. Remember, he was laying in his bed. And it was all over. It was all his, was all the sheets. Yeah. So yeah. So Tessa Thompson finally leaves him, and then oh, she leaves him before he goes to the house and finds about the horse people. And she comes back when he finds about the horse people, uh-huh. and she and she he needs someone to tell, and he tells her. Right. And he goes on that show. So there's a show, a reality show called <laughs> "I Got the Shit Kicked Out of Me." I can't figure out the point of that show. Yeah, I couldn't even figure out. I couldn't even figure out what show was trying to satirize. Yeah, but it's I a, yeah, I don't know. It's a show Jack called Jackass, probably. Probably. So he goes on the show. They kick the shit out of him. They put him in a shit tank. What's yeah. a shit tank? A tank we don't know. Shit. It must oh, be the same bullshit. Yeah, shit. He had shit all over him. Head to toe. All you can see was his eyes. 
So he goes into the shit tank and then they finally show the video, but then it just makes Regal View or whatever work popular. Rory View more popular and makes them more money because it helps them go public. And But how did it finally turn out? Oh, because they had the resistance when it finally turned around when people started feeling that figuring out they was fucked up. Right. And that's when the the horse people helped save them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We figure out. Remember, he was like, "What was that? You gave me something to turn me into a horse." And he was like, "No, it's not." No, it didn't. But then you go back and think that little dish had that had that horse on it. Yep. Yep. He kept saying, I would never do that to you. I wouldn't right. do that to you without mm-hmm. your consent. I wouldn't give you, because they said that to turn them into a horse person, they give them this this thing, stuff that's mm-hmm. like Coke and make them yeah, sniff it and sure. turn them into a horse person. He's like, you made me take this this stuff. Was that Coke? And he's like, I would never you're, give that you, to you. You're this not is high. Peruvian. This is Peruvian. Yeah, and he's like, there's, Peru, there's horses in Peru. Like, it was this oh, whole thing. <laughs> so they have the resistance, and the horse people help save them, and he goes back to living in Terry Cruz's house. He gives the friend, who is so Oakland, his car, yeah. and he takes a Prius, yeah. which means he must have got a job in San Francisco. <laughs> right. So, so what were you guys' overall thoughts of Sorry to Bother You? It was weird. It mm-hmm. was weird. It was good, and it was, was good writing, but it was a lot to take in in one sitting. Like, I need to sit down and watch it again. Yeah. The messaging was good. I like the message. Yeah. You know, pretty much, don't sell your soul. Right, for a couple dollars. dollars. And he didn't even have no, re- he didn't have no real reason. Like, he didn't really need or want, I mean, he yeah, he lived in his uncle's house. Not being poor is the reason. No. Yeah. I guess, I guess you're right. Poverty. Usually they give some over, huge over, I gotta get my boo out of jail. What boo? Mm-hmm. No, there was no boo. Right. You know right. the house. I mean, yeah. that's well, powerful enough problem. because, yeah. I mean, like you said, the message, Bruce Valley message is like, niggas in poverty, you can't exploit them if in, in any way. If you can, mm-hmm. especially if it has something to do with money. Well, there was also an element of him feeling like he wasn't anything. That was his whole thing was trying to be something to somebody, yeah. mm-hmm. which was kind of like in Boys in the Hood where they talked about being somebody and going to the military. Yeah. His thing was really trying to figure out. He had that picture. I don't know if that was his daddy. Oh, yeah, that was that he kept yeah, going back to. Dad, was yeah. that his daddy? Mm-hmm. So his big thing was trying to be somebody, and he thought that by going to work there and and oh, this is one thing that I pointed out to. One thing I figured out in that movie is that it alludes to a lot of different films. Like Luke Willis could tell you while I was watching it, I pointed out like four different movies that it was like. But the um, Omari Hardwick character that worked on the power collar floor, mm-hmm. that was basically an allusion to the guy in um, Clockwork Orange, Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. He had the hat, the derby hat. Yeah. He had the beard. He had the apple, just like in his Clockwork Orange. Um, and the, the guy in Clockwork, Clockwork Orange was definitely as sinister. But this guy, the guy, Omari Hardwick, was sinister until he got with white people. Yeah. Then he just... Flipped. He just yeah, he just kinda of fell apart and he mm-hmm. was just like was the, he was the doormat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, all right. That's our overview of kind sorry of to bother you. you. Of, um, Steven kinda like in Django. Yeah. Steven. That was uh that was um Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. It was that. It was the movie uh Boiler. If you ever seen Boiler Room with Nia Long and uh Giovanni Rabisi, mm-hmm. because I, Giovanni I Rabisi in that movie was like this really weird. Like I was, I had a, a casino. I was good at it, Dad, and I, I I made this money. And it was the same thing. He had like the same monologue like that. He just wanted to be somebody to to somebody. And she was like, "You were better when you didn't do all of this. Yeah, like you yeah. were way more interesting." 
So, all right. So, that is the end of the C-Dub Show anniversary episode. Woo! Some things to look for in the future. Wait, where is Forrest Whitaker from? Oh, okay. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is from, is from Nigeria. No, he's not. Where is he? Just click, click on Wikipedia. I am. Click on it right now. Okay. He was born in Longview, Texas. Come on, Nigeria. No, we're not going to like, you know, something you put something in Google and it say Forrest Whitaker is from Nigeria. I was like, he ain't from no from Nigeria. Nigeria? Uh, Did okay. he play the king from uh, Last King of Scotland? Last King of Scotland. Last King of Scotland. All right, so that's the last last item on our agenda for the, the anniversary edition of the C-Dub show. Like I said, you will be listening to this on September the 3rd. Some things to look out for. I will be at where I will be at. Tommy T's. I might actually. I have a friend that works at Tommy T's who wants to do an event with me, but no, I won't be. Um, I will be at the Black Lesbian Conference in July, so by now you should have actually seen things about that. I'll be there, and I will have it up on the show page doing a workshop. I will actually be at Black Lesbians United around the same time that this episode's air. I'll be doing a workshop at Black Lesbians United, as well as Models of Pride at Cal State LA. Um, and also there's going to be several episodes of the six degrees of C dub that should have aired between now and then. If you have not listened to them, there will be some great surprises that you should look out for there. And I'm considering starting a whole nother segment, which is a slate card edition for political stuff. So I know you gotta be careful. Gotta be careful with that because, because Courtney as a chair can't seem to endorse certain candidates. So I don't think you can't look like you endorsing stuff. Can you? I can endorse stuff on my own. On your own accord, okay. But I have to. We would have to vote. We have to go through endorsement process. (coughs) Oh, then we can see why the Black Caucus was going to endorse a specific candidate or measure. And they got a whole process. I was sitting in there and and learned all about it. Stop. And I'm just in. I and I'm just interviewing people. My my thing is, I think that. Um, I've talked about how there was a point in time where I talked about running for office and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that I, I don't like campaigning. I don't want to run for office, but I think that maybe I should be like the black Rachel Maddow. Just know all the shit and tell you what shit to know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. I don't know. And I will be She's sitting from on the out here. And... She is from out here. Where is she from? She is from Castro Valley. Oh, really? Is she? Mm-hmm. She went to Castro that. Valley High. She would go to Valley High. And my dad worked at East Bay Mud at the same time. Oh. Well, yeah, that's what I think, y'all. I think I'm just going to be like a political commentator and go to all the caucus shit and just know all the the things. So, B. Willis, where can the people find you in the interwebs? As usual, you can find me on all social media accounts except for Snapchat because I'm a hipster and I don't want it when it's popular. At Hey Miss Willis. Everywhere. Hey Miss Willis. You're a uh, hipster? Yeah, I was. I used to have Snapchat, and then so if you were everybody, you come gentrify open then because I don't want it because it t- costs too much to gentrify y'all shit. Oh, that's not true. You have to go gentrify your shit. Do they have um? Do they have grants and shit for folks who want to move out here? Yeah, as a teacher, yes. Yeah, you you can, can get you, you a teacher thing to buy your house. They okay, have, they have a, a program for Cal- you. Didn't have to give me the whole. Okay, program. Courtney, you need to come back around to the mic and tell the people where the people can find you and Caleb. Hey, people! <laughs> so you can find Courtney me. a little drunk. Yo. I'm not a little drunk. I'm a little a drunk. lot. So <laughs> I'm a little drunk. Clarification. Um, this is why I couldn't really talk a lot, y'all, because I'm drunk. Celebration! It's a celebration. Bitches. You all right? We all right? We're gonna get. We're gonna get through this. 
Oh shit, that nigga 57? What? Come out uh Forrest Whitaker. He is? Oh, his birthday is today. Oh! Happy birthday, birthday Forrest Whitaker! Oh, <laughs> oh, he went to USC and Cal Poly for Girl, get off of All oh, right, Forrest. Uh, where, where can they find you? Forrest Steven Whitaker, y'all. 57. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram. I am underscore short Courtney underscore. And also, please follow CYD Black Hawkins on Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter, I'm sure Courtney, no underscores. And, um, you know, y'all know how I feel about Facebook because y'all be coming to my post sometimes doing weird shit and I don't appreciate that. But I am Courtney Cecilia Welch on on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah. And you can find me on Facebook as Dub Carolyn, unless you're one of my students. Don't come look for me. <laughs> um, and you can also find me as Carolyn Weisinger on my fan page. You can find me on Instagram. So you can currently find me as The Nocturnal Project. This week, I'm going to retire that username, and I'm going to go to C-Dub the host just like on Twitter. Um, but if you look for me, well, by the t- September, look me up at C-Dub the host on, on Instagram. And C-Dub the host on Twitter. You can find the C-Dub show at thecdubshow.com, as well as the C-Dub show across all social media platforms. I I do want to dedicate this episode to a couple of people that we lost this week. We lost a great social activist named Art McGee, who died tragically and suddenly. And unfortunately, we don't know the circumstances of his death. Um, and it just draws attention to the fact that we need to stay connected to our friends, especially our single friends, because some of us may you know, have a heart attack or something and no one will know. So stay connected to your friends. Tell them that you love them. Also to great friend of the, of the say something nice podcast network, Sean Haley. Sean Haley was one of the Windamoto folks back in the day on okay player. I'm not going to get into that story because Courtney and Willis will think I'm being an ageist. But back in the old days, when Questlove and Erica Badu started OK Player, when we were all on OK Player, and that's where that? we all what met. What is that? What it's is a, OK Player? It's a site that Questlove started. It was a music lover site where we had serious discussions about music. Oh, and geez. that's where me and Greg and later um, Brandon and Scorp all met each other. And unfortunately, this past, I believe, Thursday, um, Sean had a heart attack and, and, and passed away. So we want to dedicate this episode also to our good friend from Windamoto, Sean Haley. Um, may him and Art always rest in peace. Um, and yeah. Oh, and thank you to our our lovely Yay! our lovely guest. This time we have we have two members of our audience instead of one. Next time we will have twenty. Okay. <laughs> so thank you again. Speaking of Yes. So thank you again for this episode of the C-Dub Show, and we will see all of y'all later. Bye, everybody. So I typed a text to a girl I used to see, saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be. And I apologize if this message gets you down. Then I CC'd every girl that I'd CC around town. And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling. Wetness all around me, true. But I'm no island. Peninsula, maybe. Makes no sense. I know crazy. Give up all this pussy cat that's in my lap. No looking back. Spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. They dip as quick as they can. The atmosphere is now ripped. I'm so like a pimp. I'm glad it's night. So the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when I shoot the moon. I jump the broom like a preemie out the womb. My partner yelling too soon. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some litter. Sure on the subject. You sure? Fuck it. You know we got your back like Cairo crack. 
pick If that bitch do you dirty We'll wipe her ass out as in detergent Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp Remember what I taught you Keep your heart, three stacks Keep your heart, hey, keep your heart Three stacks, keep your heart Man, these girls are smart Three stacks, these girls are smart Play your part my bitch a choose it, lover, never fuck without a rubber Never in the sheets like it on top of the cover Money on the dresser, drive a compressor Top notch hoes get the most, not the lesser Trash like the fuck for $40 in the club Fucking up the game, bitch, it gets no love She be cross country giving all that she got A thousand a pop, I'm pulling billions off the lot Smashed up the gray one, bought me a red Every time we hit the parking lot, we turn head Some hoes wanna choose, but them bitches too scary Your bitch chose me, you ain't a pimp, you a fairy The C-Dub Show